Paul Bettany played him in the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. This episode of Sincast is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema streaming exceptional films from around the globe. Each day, Mubi introduces a new gem and you have one month to watch it. From cult classics to acclaimed masterpieces, every film is hand-selected by experts. Try Mubi free for 30 days at mubi.com slash cinemasins. That's mubi.com slash cinemasins for your extended free trial. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Holla, holla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm raising we the roof. We got a holla yeah. and a raise the roof going on in here. <laughs> and uh, from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Buenos dias. Mm. Mm. Hey. We ah, are. We will be speaking different languages by the <laughs> ah, end of the year. Yeah, by the end. <laughs> we will do an entire podcast in Spanish. Uh, <laughs> I think something like that. that I don't know. Be, it's like Casa de mi Padre. Yeah, that's right. It's on the it's on the calendar. I don't know. We may we may not do it. The Spanish episode is coming. <laughs> yes. Oh man! Um, but uh, we're going to continue our road trip. Road today. trip on the road again. The most time honored tradition of all: the road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Shotgun. And uh, we're going to do two states that uh, have lots of uh, filming activity going on. We'll see if we can get through this whole thing. (laughs) It's a lot. Uh, I hope we do because I really want to talk about the other stuff that I wrote down. I I think we. I think today we'll like uh, you know there'll be some of the minor stuff. Like maybe it's not set in those states, Mm -hmm. but filmed there. We'll just kind of go over it or whatever, and then just move on instead of like let's talk about this movie or whatever. But anyway, we're going to do Georgia and we're going to do Hawaii, Georgia. Georgia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The That's whole day through, Sound man. exactly like Ray Charles. The That's whole right. day through. <laughs> That's right. Is that racist? No. <laughs> That's definitely it's not, not racist. Um, it's surprisingly the only thing you've said today that's not racist. <laughs> Broke the streak. Well, Georgia has apparently become the new Vancouver. Yeah. In terms of, like, there's a ton of stuff shooting there that isn't set there i guess maybe they've got some sort of kickback mm-hmm. kickback yeah probably not a kickback <laughs> right probably a tax break <laughs> yes it's probably a legal thing <laughs> that's not criminal um but like almost almost everything in the mcu is shot in atlanta yeah that famous big uh airplane hangar sequence from civil war was shot there oh was it yeah i remember reading something about it during production because they were like chris evans is here scarlett johansson is here robert downey jr is not here because He's he's just in CG. a sound booth, like, <laughs> you know, all the CG, and you can see like these. Some of the characters are like running and like clashing, and you can tell like the markers of where people are flying and stuff like that. But apparently, it was also like 110 degrees that day, Lovely. so everybody's in like latex and shit like nice. that, sweating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want heat, go to Atlanta. Oh, oh yeah, my God. it is swelteringly bad there. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I mean, we're not gonna go in depth into Ant Man. 
right? Just because they shot it in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was surprised to learn how much filming is going on there mm-hmm. uh, for shit that's set all over the place. Uh, mm-hmm. It must be really cheap to film in Atlanta. Well, we guess. can start on a director who also didn't go into depth in the Ant Man, and that's Baby Drivers. Uh, <laughs> Edgar Wright. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now I haven't seen Baby Driver yet. Now Baby Driver is true, uh, true set in Atlanta. Okay, yep. so that's why I was going to yeah. ask. That's what I thought. Yeah, so. it's uh, yeah, it's it's got Atlanta landmarks. It's not trying to be some other city. In the it or balls of a guy now again i just said i haven't seen this movie i i I understand him to be some sort of professional driver the Mm -hmm. balls of a guy trying to set his career as a professional driver in a city where traffic never moves that's correct that's one of the big flaws of the movie mm. i was going to say does the movie talk about how bad traffic in atlanta is not at all gloss over yeah it glosses over it it's just it's uh it's a you know it's obviously a fictional hollywood atlanta where there's no traffic but uh like especially in that early morning bank robbery scene <laughs> during rush hour. during rush hour he's like it, like they you go the bank has like zero traffic in it and like and then they you know they all hop in the car and it's like just he zooms off and it's like yeah i tried that one time <laughs> when i paid the bank job that's right and uh i ended up running into car after car after car <laughs> if i drive through atlanta at 3 a.m i'm crossing my fingers that's hoping, correct hoping <laughs> Like, fuck Atlanta. Sorry if you live there. I know there's like 8 million of you, but yeah. I really hate your I city. I took the train in Atlanta when I went to a uh, an NFL playoff game with the Packers and the Falcons and took it from the big city north of Is Atlanta. Is that the one that the Packers lost? No, they killed them. Oh, they killed so. uh, Atlanta. But is this the Michael Vick era? Mm-mm. No, this was uh, early Matt Ryan. This oh, was, wow. This was the so Super Bowl run, recent. so it was 2010. Okay, wow. Um, and take the train, and it goes above the interstate at one point before it goes into the city. And I looked out, and it was just, I mean, 10 lanes of mm. traffic, just lights, yep, just mm. sitting there. And I was like, fuckers, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Public transit. And I was probably one of those guys down there going to a Braves game or something during the middle of NFL playoffs. Yes, season. definitely. Um, definitely. <laughs> Um, but no, like, uh, yeah, Atlanta's traffic. Let's just keep talking about Atlanta's traffic, shall That's we? Right. No, it's like, uh, seriously, it's a, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Mm-hmm. Don't ever drive through it. One of the reasons I think that we bitch so much about Nashville traffic is that we can see over the last 15 can years. see our future. We can see where it's going. It's going to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We're going to be Atlanta in the next, I don't know, maybe even five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if we don't get any goddamn transit. That's right. Mm-hmm. Goddamn mayors fucking their goddamn bodyguards. I know, exactly. <laughs> Covering their goddamn Covering their tracks. Goddamn tracks. <laughs> Actually, literally. <laughs> well, she was do- trying to. Yeah, she- okay. Um, what else? Uh, Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. Oh. 1989's Best Picture winner. Yeah, well. What do you remember about that movie? Not much. I um, remember nothing. Really? Well, I just remember Miss Daisy. I remember, <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. Morgan Freeman being good in the movie, mm-hmm. and I remember there's a part where she lets him go see a Martin Luther King speech. Is that what is that what happens? I believe so. End? I believe so. It was just shocking let, to me. She lets him. Well, yeah. I mean, so, this yeah. Is, well, no, I know. I'm just. She's saying. a lady of privilege, and her son is played by Dan Aykroyd, yeah. and it was it was very jarring to me at the time because I'm still in that. You know, Dan yeah, Aykroyd I was too. Is I was twelve. Blues Brothers and fucking Ghostbusters and stuff like that. I was twelve, and I was like, "Who? Who is this Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. What, I, what have you done with the real Dan Aykroyd?" Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it it was a very yeah, it's a very nice, affecting performance. I I wonder how well it holds up today. I am curious about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I feel like the culture. Even though it's only been from what 18, 20 years, thirty years, thirty years, mm, almost thirty. I'm old. Mm-hmm. 
the culture is so different today. I wonder. I have a. I have a feeling that movie doesn't play but at all. It's yeah. a period piece, though. Too. That's the thing. It's a period piece. So. But I feel like it's a period piece through the eyes of the eighties. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. Okay, but then you also get stuff like The Patriot, where you have Mel Gibson, who's like the good slave owner. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And we're seeing it through our eyes in 2000, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, they're free to go anytime they please. Right, yeah. I'm a liberal slave owner, (laughs) you know, that type of thing. It's a, I don't know, that's a really fascinating subject that we'll have to tackle someday Mm -hmm. about whether or not something made in 1989 but is still a period piece yeah. still holds up yeah. today do we have the same attitudes towards 1960s that we do today probably yeah. not but that's a, actually a very fascinating thing to think about yes it is um well the big georgia movie that i think jeremy refers to as pretty girls in dresses or pretty dresses oh, uh, yeah. gone with P- the wind pretty dresses oh yeah uh yeah man i mean this is not a movie Movies, I think, something like three and a half hours long or something like Might that. Might be longer. And the director's cut, I think, is longer, too. But it's And it's not something that you just dive in and, like, I'm going to carve out four hours of my day and watch Gone with the Wind. I but think if, Gone with the Wind is straight up four hours long. It may be. But, yeah, it's once you do get into that world, though, it's so gorgeous, man. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. And, and it's a great movie. And you, I mean, this isn't, It's it would be silly to say you don't feel the length while you're watching this Mm -hmm. movie because it's four hours you're gonna feel it no matter how good it is but it doesn't feel like it as far as like you know it's not like you're sitting there watching paint dry the whole time no it's not like even a ken burns documentary (laughs) isn't boring right it's just long but yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's it i think it's engaging all the way through it's a biopic for lack of a better word because it's not about like an actual real person but it it spans the length of a long time, almost the entirety of the Civil War, maybe a little bit before. Mm-hmm. And but Clark Gable, man, Vivian Lee, mm-hmm. just and it captures the burning of Atlanta yep. pretty well. Um, you know, I may never watch this movie. <laughs> it's a movie. You're just, making a good run at it. Just the idea of this movie, and I can smell my grandmother's house, mm. and it's not a smell I ever enjoyed. Sorry, Grandma. <laughs> and I just, it's gonna. I, what it's going to take to move me off the couch to actually sit down and watch it. I just don't know that that's ever going to occur. The stars are going to have to align. Maybe it'll come on when you're on the couch and they, you're physically immobile. I mean, I could probably watch The Martian two and a half times yeah. while Gone with the Wind is playing. Yeah. And last night, The Martian was on and my wife was watching it. It was on network TV. This is why I wasn't watching it because... I don't, watch, oh, really? I don't watch movies that get censored or have commercials. Uh, so I, I walked into the front room where she was, and she was watching The Martian. I sat down with her for a few minutes. And after 10 minutes, I got kicked out because I was literally saying every line before <laughs> the movie was saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I basically have that movie memorized. I'd still rather watch that than Gone with the Wind. All right. I'm sorry. The Martian also set in Georgia. And also captures the Atlanta fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. That's odd. Matt Damon plays General Sherman. Yeah. <laughs> I could totally see that. Um, uh, I see that Drumline is also mm-hmm. on here. I haven't seen Drum. I saw, I think I saw it like a long time ago. I, don't, I mean, you know. It's a cool movie. Like yeah. I, but I'm, I'm into that stuff. Nick Cannon. Like, yeah. Like I, I was in the drum corps when I was in uh, late middle school, early high school. And it's it's kind of like after you play for you know the entirety of the season so like you know 
four or five months or something like that, you really do get in sync literally and figuratively. And, you know, when he does that whole thing where the, 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 the rival bands get together, the drum lines, and he's playing his snare and he's playing the other, the opposing yeah. dude's snare and shit like that. Yeah. It's so disrespectful. It's fucking awesome. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know if drumline started it. It was definitely one of the early ones, but we started getting a lot of these like you got served mm-hmm. and you and uh, stomp the yard and uh uh stomp the served. Yeah, stomp the served and uh the what? Step up. Step up stomp and the uh, served. Yeah, it was a lot of this like it was all You got drumline. It's it's the reason why uh we're uh it's the reason why there's so many jokes now about having a dance off at the end of right. all these comedies. There's like been four or five literally in the past year yeah. where there's a dance off that ends the movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh and so like yeah, there's all these and uh, bring it on was another one that, yeah. that mm-hmm. had all that. It's uh, it's all about, you know, People going up to each other and disrespecting each other and like, we're going to solve this, not with our fists, <laughs> but with dancing or drumming <laughs> some sort. Or acapella singing. Yeah, acapella yeah, singing, yeah. yes. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. You you jokingly put trouble with the curve down here. And uh <laughs> And uh, yes, that is uh, those are scouts for the Atlanta Braves going around. Clint Eastwood, man, he's the old dude who can hear when somebody has a bad swing yeah, right. that apparently you can never fix mm-hmm. ever yes. in your life. And yeah. uh, and then you can just and Amy Adams can just find a guy who sells peanuts for a living, mm-hmm. and he he strikes that same guy out on three pitches. And that guy is no longer a prospect, and the other guy is. And the bully's nickname for the kid, Peanut Boy. That's right, Peanut Boy. <laughs> the very, very creative. We are so glad that. See, that's how all that's how all the stars happen, right? Like, like Willie Mays when he first got called up, all he did was hit home runs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All he did. And then, and then, you know, like, you know, those other people out there that you, that never made it, they struck out one time. You hate this movie so much. I do. I do. I hate it. This movie is, but what's funny is that you hate it from a very personal place, Mm -hmm. both because you're a Braves fan and because of this movie's anti-moneyball bias. Yeah. But if you take all that away, it's still just a really shitty movie. No, it's shitty on its own. It's poorly acted. It's got, it's got really cliched everything <laughs> i mean this oh. movie's never heard of small sample size it's never heard <laughs> of those those words in its life you probably won't even hear small or sample or size and they're, they're like they're like eddie murphy and bowfinger where they're taking out the k's out of every everything they took, like anything with small sample or size we're taking it out guys um yeah, I mean, the guy strikes out at the end. He's he's a, he's a bum. He's no good. Mm-hmm. No good anymore. He just swung and missed at four straight curveballs. Cut That's him. right. Matthew Lillard, he he was he was just looking at stats. He does, He's just looking at a computer. That's all he's doing. <laughs> what a fucker. Yeah, well, he's a fucker anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, What else do we want to talk about with Georgia? Well, yeah, so all the CDC stuff, the Center for Disease Control stuff. Oh, is yeah. In Atlanta. That's right. So, like, contagion, even though it's all over the planet and everything, Mm -hmm. outbreak same thing yeah yeah yeah. they all end up at the the cdc same thing with the walking dead in fact that's a big plot line plot line and i believe the first season is that they're trying to make it to the cdc they actually get there yeah to figure out what what's going on and they don't get any answers and it's wholly unsatisfying well they get some kind of here's this show can just go fuck itself (laughs) but they get there 
and the guy from Beautiful Girls is there. <laughs> um, God damn it. <laughs> Timothy Hutton, Michael Rappaport. Keep going. Uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince. Keep um, going. Matthew yeah. Lillard. Matt, Matt <laughs> Dillon. Redhead, big guy. Red, Michael Rappaport. No, red, ready blondie head. Oh, oh uh, Noah movie. Emmerich? Oh, I don't know. Now I just realized you might say his name and I, I wouldn't know it. <laughs> Noah Emmerich, who was in Truman Show? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, the okay. friend. Yeah, 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 okay. that's yes. him. So, <laughs> what are we talking about <laughs> Oh, he's at the CDC, and the Walking Dead people get there, and there's a, sh- a shot where he leans in and whispers yeah. to one of the characters, and they don't tell the, the viewers of the show for like another season and a half or two <laughs> what that motherfucker whispered. And it was basically, you all have it. You just called them the Walking Dead people. I don't, uh, that show is just, I just like I have not been watching for three or four seasons now, and I actually think I hate it more than I did when I was hate watching mm-hmm. it. Although I, I do take pride, like every time I see a headline about their ratings dropping, it makes me giggle. Yeah, I don't know. I can't wait for that show to die. Me too. And then come back as a zombie. How long uh-huh. has it been? How many seasons now? It's like season seven or eight now. I think this is the eighth season. Yeah, I mean, it should be should be getting wrapping up. Yeah, they're down to season one viewership totals. So oh, really? it should be it, like that's basically might as well be deathbed. Yeah, uh, because its peak was season four or five, and they were getting maybe 15, 16 goddamn million viewers. Yeah. But season one, I think they were getting like Breaking Bad type one or two million viewers. So yeah, it'll and go it, away. And, soon and it, they should have. They should have. The writing was on the wall when they came out with that Fear the Walking Dead, and it didn't do anything at all. Yeah, but that show's still on too. Is it? Yeah, oh, it's yeah. on. It's like they're going to do a crossover. It's on like its third season. Mm-hmm. Just because I, that just goes to show how cheap those shows are to make, mm-hmm. and how little viewership you really need as a cable network to be profitable on your show. Right. Do you guys like uh, Contagion? By the way, yeah. That's a pretty good like Which virus move. That? That's the Soderbergh one with everybody in the universe in that. Yeah, no, I don't think I've seen Kate it. Kate Winslet, Winslet, Jude Law, Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow for a minute. Yeah, yeah, for a minute. <laughs> nope, never uh, saw it. Matt Damon. Yep. Um, we also should note that almost everything Tyler Perry does is in mm-hmm. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's it's both shot and lo- located in Atlanta. It's yeah. like uh, M Night and philadelphia basically yeah 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 um uh just about i mean and there's some movies now that i was going through that i didn't even heard of yet i mean heard of some of these tyler perry movies now like i guess he's going straight to video on some of these now did um, you ever see diary of a mad black woman i did that's I that kinda... back in the day when tyler perry was first coming out with movies i saw everything that he came out with yeah and then i guess it, there there becomes a thing where it just becomes the same story every yeah, time. yeah especially and, the medea stuff yeah 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 and so like it's almost always a woman who's married to somebody who's an asshole mm-hmm. and like have to go to church at the end and that's, <laughs> that's pretty much plot. it that's pretty much it like they you just need some church <laughs> and you'll and you'll be all right your marriage yeah. either your marriage is has fallen apart and and you'll need to find another man or you're you know you your man needs to go to church and then it's just sort of like that, that type of thing but uh yeah uh just about everything he does uh another one that i saw was uh the color purple mm-hmm uh another another uh, great movie spielberg uh basically i mean he he takes a novel that a lot of people held in high regard and i believe it was a little controversial back in 1985 because he was doing it yeah because mm-hmm. he was doing it uh not nearly as controversial as it might be today mm-hmm. if if he were to do the same thing but uh but uh you know th- there were some things uh apparently taken some liberties taken from the novel although the novel has more like there's more like lesbianism in in the, oh, yeah. in that book and everything so like he he kind of cut that and back in 1985 you can kind of see 
why you would do that. You don't that. want that to dominate the, the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, but uh, early, early Whoopi Goldberg and mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey and, and everything. That movie's really good. I, I watched it again recently, and it's and it, it holds up, I think. You know what's annoying is that Whoopi Goldberg has essentially dropped. She she got on the View, mm-hmm. and she's doing her Whoopi thing on the on the View. Mm-hmm. But she's really talented. Like she could go back and and do something. You know, say what you do, what you will about Ghost. Like she's really good in no, Ghost. No, she's great in Ghost. You know, I wish she would go back to like actually trying to act because she's very talented. Yeah, yeah. Not Eddie, not Eddie too. But well, and also, I think I was more. I was. I was more uh, familiar with Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon and all that. Yeah. And to see <laughs> him, big, yeah, a it's difference. a complete difference in this movie. Of course, he did that before he did Lethal Weapon. But um, it, due to my age and everything, I saw Lethal Weapon movies first mm-hmm. and then then saw Color Purple. And it's like, wow, he's <laughs> that's scary. Yeah. He's a scary dude in Color Purple, <laughs> man. But yeah, Color Purple is a really good movie. Uh, what else do you see on here that needs to be mentioned? You know, a big one that takes place outside of Atlanta and outside of any urban area is Deliverance. Yeah. So. For good or ill. Well, yeah. When's the last time you saw Deliverance? Uh, it's probably been a good. Has it been a, been a while? It's been it's been more than 10 years. You know, it seems like these Burt Reynolds movies, the same thing with The Longest Yard, like there's more stuff to it than than it seems. Deliverance, anybody, the only thing that people can think of is Squeal Like a Pig and yeah, Ned Beatty yeah. getting you know uh assaulted and everything but there's a lot more suspense there's a lot more like interesting like cat and mouse stuff going on in that movie Mm -hmm. there's amazing scenery in that movie it's a really good movie it just gets overshadowed by that one moment which you know you kind of understand it's amazing that ned Beatty lived that down like you would think that's the only thing we know ned Beatty from right but like he had a huge career after like after this after this movie and continued to do like a lot of great characters and everything. He was in I believe Deliverance came before Network, which Network mm-hmm. he's got a great role in Network, and he's also got um, a, a small but significant role in All the President's Men, and uh, and then just you I mean if you look at his credits, I'm sure he's over a hundred or so credits as yeah, well on, so. his, on his IMDb, but. Um, but uh, yeah, Deliverance. I don't remember much about it. Uh, I don't even remember much about that particular scene that is that it's always known for. It's that and the dueling banjos music, right? Right. You well, I mean, you, the, there's a uh, an unmistakable, uh, unshakable image of when they're they're floating away from that house yeah. and they're like inbred yeah. banjo players staring like, right at staring them, staring right at them, and everything. <laughs> um, but it's uh, I believe, if I recall, it's more about their friendship and like. Yeah, and one of them dies. Right. And then they have to figure out what they're going to do, yeah. whether they're going to how they transport him and, you know, how they how they get help if they can and that kind of thing, how they get out of the situation. There's a there's a lot of it's almost like the River Wild with like an anal rape. <laughs> you want to reset? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What you don't remember is there is an anal rape in River Wild. Oh yeah. That's I right. Don't know. I just decided might as well plunge down the hole further. Might as well. It does have a lot of like River Wild type of elements, <laughs> even though it came long before River Wild, except for the you know sexual assault. Yes, another movie that happened in Georgia that I really like that's I guess underseen at this point is The Gift. Yeah, The Gift, and um, uh, not the one that maybe people know more now. The probably so the, the Joel Edgerton, the one? Joel Edgerton one with Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, The Gift. I believe that one was in two thousand. The Sam Raimi yeah, Gift. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Kate Blanchett plays a plays a woman with the psycho. Was it psychic? Is it psychic? Powers? Yeah, she's clairvoyant. She's like a medium or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's really good. I, 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 Dirty I think Keanu. We talked about it. Dirty Keanu, man, Canoe is is an asshole in this movie. He is. Yeah. Yeah, it's but really it, good. Though. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I mean, yeah, he's a dick in it and everything. And and uh, is he the one? Is is he the one that they is put on trial for the murder? He's the one I think is the or main. Or is suspect. he just the main suspect? Yeah, yeah. Is there he's even a, main a trial? I don't think so. There's I don't no think trial. there's a trial. Yeah. Well, what else? Let's see, I see. Is it Footloose? The remake was shot down there, right? Yeah, I thought though that the the original was set there too. Oh yeah. I mean, Footloose. It, it may not even name the state that it's in because it's a fictional town. The, uh, but yeah, they. I think what I dancing. ran across was it was just the remake, but I'm sure the original has some sort of roots in in Georgia as well. I never yeah. saw the remake. I didn't either. You know what? Every time I see Footloose playing on one of the movie channels, I hope it's the remake. Really? Because I just want to check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's always the Kevin Bacon one. Yeah, man. Like they won't even show me the new one. It must be really bad. That was uh, Kenny Loggins that did Footloose, yep. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you go back to the '80s. And like, he did who everything. did that song in the 80s? It was Kenny Loggins. <laughs> or Hall and Oates. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he was like, oh, is it, it may, did he do the Caddyshack? Yeah, he did the Caddyshack one. Did he do the Top Gun? Yeah, he did the Top Gun one. Um, the uh, There's one movie here that I only remember from some of the visuals, and that's Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Uh, so, so, you Savannah. don't remember much about it? Don't remember much about it at all. Yeah. Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Bit, pretty much everything about this movie thinks it's better than it is. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the director was more proud of it than he should have been. It's Kevin Spacey Ishwood. thought he was better than he was. Uh, the set decorator thought they did a better job. It's basically... Have you ever been to... Savannah? Um, yeah, Savannah. Oh, yeah. So this movie, visually, is like Savannah on acid. Yeah. It's like they went so far overboard with the Savannah... Everything like, is a weeping willow. It feels like a yeah. set from a from one of Max's plays in Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because yeah. Savannah's gorgeous, and it doesn't need to be overdone to to stand out and be unique and like you know, geographically. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, I remember there's a murder. Somebody was gay, and the movie bored me to tears. <laughs> uh, anyway, the director was Clint Eastwood, <laughs> right? And uh, and uh, I actually uh, recently uh, was a couple years ago um, coming back from Florida. Uh, decided I wanted to see the cemeteries that were featured in Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, so we went and just, uh, drove the car over to Savannah and everything. And uh, yeah, it's a it's an amazing uh, cemetery. I was about to say little cemetery. It's not little at all. No, no. no. Um, I, uh, I I walked through, and uh, of course, it was like it was it was dead in the summer, and mosquitoes were everywhere. Yeah, it's hot. Oh my god! I, and that was during the scare for what was it that they were carrying? Oh, Zika. That, it was Zika. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've uh, definitely got Zika. I definitely have Zika. All right. Um, I'll I, I live through it, though. Man, people um, make fun of it, but I used to love some Zika. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm thinking of Zima. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, mainly just remember all those little, those uh, the cemetery tombstone type stuff, and that's all I remember about that movie. Oh, There's some I, I gorgeous actually really houses like in Savannah mm-hmm. and in the movie. Um, Savannah's got all these centuries old trees mm-hmm. and it's swampy and it's just a it's a very very cool place yeah wouldn't want to live there nice to visit uh okay so we'll go over some other ones real quick uh ride along what yep. both ride alongs were in there 
the second one's better. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen either one of them. <laughs> second uh, one's the only one I've seen. Oh so. yeah, of course, of course it is. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Fled was there. Um, <laughs> did you yep. say Fled? I did. Yes, Fled, Let's not Fled gloss over Fled. <laughs> yeah. We need to talk about Fled. Okay. Fled is a movie where Lawrence Fishburne and one of the bald ones Steven. escape. Yeah. From like a prison transport. Uh huh. That's really all I want to say. <laughs> that's right. If that doesn't make you kind of want to watch that's, it, uh, so there's something wrong. That's with back it. in the day where Will Patton was always the guy chasing after it. He was like, you know, can't get Tommy Lee Jones. Let's get Will Patton. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I believe I've, I believe I said this on this podcast before. It has the all time roll credits moments. Who who fled? Oh yeah, is what he says. Yeah. Who fled? Yeah. Um, uh let's see the change up was uh shot there uh yeah. dutch dutch um idlewild uh was shot i never saw idlewild yeah great trailer great trailer and never it, saw the movie it's great because it's got outcast music in it you know this is essentially the last thing that outcast did the two of them together mm-hmm. uh andre 3000 and big boy and fuck, this movie's terrible yeah. This movie is awful. It's too bad. Because uh, it's got a lot of outcasts. It's got a lot of stuff from Speaker Box and The Love Below in it, which came out in 2003. The movie came out a little bit after that. Um, and man, it's just it's just really poorly constructed. There's no story. I was super disappointed because I really wanted to like this. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and then Wanderlust, which is a really disappointing David Wayne movie he did with Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd. There's some good stuff in there, but it just doesn't yeah. land. You know? The funniest thing is an outtake at the end where Paul Rudd is like practicing that line oh, in that- front of the mirror. That's the best part of the movie. That's right. Um, what is the line? It's like you're a. Are you gonna you gonna jump on my dick or something like that? And he keeps trying to find a different way to say that. It's something like that, and he keeps trying to say it, and he ends up just laughing because he's like, "What the hell?" This is where uh, Justin Theroux and uh, Jennifer Aniston got together, right? Uh, oh really yeah, maybe yeah maybe hmm. so interesting <laughs> sounds right but he's got a lot of great people on it i mean it's just oh yeah it's, I know. it should have been more should have mm. been more uh other ones that i saw uh that were shot in georgia selma which we talked about in the alabama uh section was actually shot in georgia that's so weird uh, or at least a lot of it was shot in georgia anchorman 2 mm. which is obviously san diego mm-hmm. shot a lot in atlanta and georgia or whatever 42 was another movie oh. shot there uh abraham lincoln vampire hunter oh of course yes that's course. right of course you, you, can, can, you can't go a podcast without saying that you look in the background of that movie any scene it's obvious that it's <laughs> shot in georgia lincoln kicked much. a lot of ass in georgia man he fucking hated georgia yeah he did <laughs> he did he would have burned it down again if, if he had a chance um the crazies the remake of the crazies was shot okay in- i'm having a problem because mm-hmm. there's an era here when the crazies came out where there were about five horror movies with very similar premises and all with very famous actors in them and mm-hmm. they all run together for me which one is this timothy oliphant this was timothy oliphant okay. and uh it was uh, a remake i can't remember it was the george romero who did mm-hmm. the original one uh, it's really good i kind of want to save this for iowa because it's set super in iowa yeah 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 and but i it just was, saw it recently it was shot there anyway yeah uh the blind side was shot ah, in okay and so was uh remember the titans What's re- remember the titans was set in a southern state though right yeah i mean i don't remember which state it's a solid movie 
Yes, it yeah. is. And yeah, one is. of the one of the best. Holy shit, that guy was in this movie. Movies. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of them. A lot of them. The guy from The Wire. <laughs> fucking Ryan Gosling's in this yeah, movie. Right. Um, I also wanted to throw out just because I just now remembered it. Catch Me If You Can has a sequence set in Atlanta. Yeah, the, is that the the, the scene when he's in the apartment complex and he pretends to be from I forget what it was the other federal agents treasury right, or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, and and basically cons his way out of getting arrested that's all in Atlanta uh-huh. uh, and apparently that apartment complex uh, was somewhat famous in the 70s in Atlanta for like big drug sex orgy parties oh ah, really okay and whatnot and those I'm, are my favorite it's a little if, orgy if only we had a time machine <laughs> <laughs> I mean if we really want to have an orgy party I bet we can create one we could you know, we, we got could. room in the studio yeah <laughs> We have to take out some of those. Get shag carpet. Yeah, have to take take out some of the equipment and everything. <laughs> to get and weird then I bring lighting. in my own equipment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's go on to Hawaii. Unless we have anything else. The only the other Georgia movie that has become controversial is Song of the South. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird because when you go to Disney World, like the big flume ride, what is it? Splash Mountain. Still has like all that Song of the South stuff all around there because it does. Yeah, well, it did when I was there three, four years ago. Well, I was I just saw a headline the does other day. Does it have? That, I mean, yeah, but does it? Is it just like birds singing and stuff like it's that? It's got Brer Rabbit and Brer Fox and all that. But it stuff. doesn't have anything else though, right? Does it matter? Does I mean, does it matter whether it has? those characters should they just completely disassociate anything from that movie no and i don't know i I, i'm not gonna fall one way or another on this movie but i from reading about it a few months ago when we mentioned it on the podcast i think it's kind of misunderstood Mm -hmm. because it's it's about like a a slave that was recently freed Mm -hmm. and it i think it's the the pejorative sense of like He's a little too happy because even though there's still slavery going on, right. and that kind of thing, and this is where Zippity Doodah came from and all that stuff. Well, the same the same could be said for Gone with the Wind too. Oh, totally, I mean, yeah, yeah. It where it's like it's like the happiest, per, you know, the happiest slaves ever. Yeah, you know, are in this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> all right, let's go on to Hawaii, where of course a million billion things have been shot. Forgetting right. Sarah Marshall. Let's go ahead. Talk so, about it. I told my wife the other day we need to go escape we need to have a vacation mm-hmm. just you and me relax three or four days we didn't do anything special for our 10th anniversary which was last year let's find a nice resort mm-hmm. you know one of these places where you can get you know massages in your room and like omelets mm-hmm. i don't know why omelets yeah. came out of my mouth <laughs> but basically the kind of place that i've never been like an actual getaway relaxation spa resort mm-hmm. and so i made this i did some googling i made a list and i put the one from forgetting sarah marshall on there nice, nice. she rejected it what well, I just don't think she wants to go to Hawaii. Um, that is a long trip. I mean, I have I found them all over the world. There's I gave her like a couple dozen, uh, but I didn't tell her it was from the movie because I was secretly hoping she would choose it, <laughs> and then I could do like movie sightseeing while we were there, and she could just relax. Yeah, and I'd be like, "That's the cabana where he was when he did the crying thing with the piano." <laughs> <laughs> Dakota Fanning's people needed the room. <laughs> you could do you could simulate sex acts on the giant chess pieces. <laughs> That is correct. Did you see my movie idea on Twitter a couple months ago about a sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where mm. Jason Siegel's character, his play was such a success, his next play was really good, and now he's become a screenwriter, and he's he's making a movie basically about the events of the first movie, ah. and so all everyone is back together in Hawaii to help make the movie yeah. yeah you could do a real like uh inception type thing with that couldn't you? you could have the actors playing them 
they've also got their own real world thing exactly. going on. Yeah. So you've got yeah. you've got uh what's the what's the British guy's name? Russell Brand. So you mm-hmm. got Russell Brand there because the way I wrote it, the studio hired him to do original songs for the movie. Mm-hmm. So he's there. Um but then there's also an actor playing Russell Brand. Mm-hmm. And I just think there's so there's lots of possibilities yeah, there. Yeah, totally. Somebody actually tweeted it at Jason Siegel and I was like, man, <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> what's going on with russell brand these days i don't know man he was just like he was a phenomenon there after is this. only so much you can take of that kind of humor i, think. I agree but yeah. he's in the movie i'm gonna wreck a warn that i'm so oh, yeah to talk about <laughs> yes. interesting uh I, I i i tend to i tend to find russell brand pretty funny uh to a point mm-hmm. like it's uh, like I, in forgetting sarah marshall he's in it just enough. it's perfect and i would then, even argue that's it that's all i need yeah because yeah. get him to the greek or the arthur remake like i just keep seeing the character from forgetting sarah marshall yeah and i've already yeah. had enough of that and mm-hmm. i mean while off screen he's sort of shown that he's a deeper dude than he is on in in movies and stuff like that don't know if we're prepared to see Russell Brand in a drama of any sort because mm-hmm. that voice, man, his, yeah. his the way he talks is never going. You're never going to take that seriously. Yeah, even if he's being serious, it's just you know he's got a perfect comic voice. He's uh, <laughs> he's the uh, the sidekick in uh, the Despicable yeah, Me. Yeah, Despicable Me. Yeah, uh, which, oh, he was my waiter, and I totally dismissed him like everyone else in his life does, <laughs> and I feel terrible. <laughs> Well, and what's the, that's the thing about Despicable Me, though, is he's not even doing his voice in right, that. He's doing some other voice, which is, uh, you know, it's commendable, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's actually, uh, Jason Siegel tweeted out a video, I guess, had never before been seen um, from behind the scenes, and it's him and Russell Brand at a piano, and they sing the entirety of Inside of You. Like, <laughs> there are multiple verses and a pre-chorus and everything, and the, both of them know the words, and they're belting it out at this piano. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's at the resort on set. Anyway, fun video. Check it Inside out. Inside you. <laughs> this is a movie, though, that uh, you see a lot of movies that, uh, like, for instance, when Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore did Blended, not Fifty First Days, mm-hmm. which is a good movie, but Blended, like, it seems like they're just there on vacation, and they're not you know that there's no real reason other than that which right. is i think adam sandler even came out and said the only reason why we did blended was so me and my buddies could go to hawaii um but uh but like this one you you get the sense of being in hawaii and it's like just nice and fun and airy and breezy and you feel like they care everybody cares on the set and it's yeah, really well go, written and everything. yeah they go yeah party with the locals a little bit mm-hmm. and the whole mila kunis character you know, interacts with with the uh, the staff and everything. Yeah, I, I think Hawaii is a full on character there. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody from the the big guy who gives him a beer and mm-hmm. invites him to help slaughter the pig to mm-hmm. like Mila Kunis, kind of her philosophy on why she came out there and loves it so much, and uh, the resort itself. Man, I bet they made. A, I bet they got a ton of bookings after that movie came. out. Oh yeah, because yeah. you just watch that movie and if it makes me want to be in Hawaii like that. Mm-hmm. The only reason I haven't gone to Hawaii and may never go to Hawaii is I'd have to stay on a plane for so damn long. Yeah. It is long. <laughs> like right. it's way the fuck. People don't realize this. Yeah. Most people think it's like, you know, if you were looking at a map of California, you could see Hawaii right there off the coast, but you know, it's like out in the fucking middle of the Pacific Ocean. Even from, no business. Even from California, it takes a long time. Yeah, well, that's the thing is I'd have to fly five hours to LA and then turn around and fly like six hours to Hawaii. And by then, I'd just be like, fuck you. And it's You'd be very old. drunk by then. And it's a completely <laughs> a new day by that yeah, time. Seriously. <laughs> like, it might be even nighttime in the next day right. by the time you get there. 
Fifty uh, First Dates is another one that that I I really like that came out, mm-hmm. and, and that didn't seem like Adam Sandler just taking a vacation or whatever. So that one, uh, do you guys remember much about Fifty? Oh yeah, Dates? I just the, the thing I come away from that movie with. <laughs> This how exhausting his life is going to be for yeah. the rest of his life. He's has to spend so much of every day explaining shit to her mm-hmm. that at some point they're going to get divorced. Like, there's just no way he can tolerate that. Like, however much you love this girl, telling her the story every goddamn morning, even though you made a videotape and you're like, yeah, come yeah, outside yeah. and see me whenever you're ready or whatever, you're still spending probably 80% of every day recounting shit she can't remember. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. What was the thing she got, uh, like, anterograde amnesia yeah, or something, something like, like that? that? She's actually reliving Groundhog Day, but we're not seeing yeah, her yeah. perspective. That's and interesting. Her, uh, yeah. It's weird because it's got, like, a big sick type of vibe where... You know, he's he's lived this entirety of this relationship and she's just seeing it kind of for the first time, you mm-hmm. know. So, yeah, it's it's weird. It's an interesting concept. And uh, what he's he's works at like SeaWorld or something like that. He has some sort of interaction with animals. I don't Maybe think they, they have a SeaWorld in Hawaii, but yeah, it's something marine. Yeah, he's a marine. Yeah, actually, is anyone a marine biologist? <laughs> don't even remember what he does in that. Yeah, Easy there, big fella. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I, I did enjoy that. The, the, the Sandler and uh, Drew Barrymore turned out to be a pretty good romantic comedy team. Well, yeah, they did, what, three together? Yeah, Wedding Singer and uh, this and then Blended. Mm. Blended was, like we said, I don't think Sandler's... In- Speaking <laughs> of somebody who's disappeared, where the hell did Drew Barrymore go? I don't know. I saw her on uh, Colbert the other day. Well, she's really? on the Santa Clarita diet. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. an Amazon show mm. or a Netflix show? I think it's well, it's on Netflix. Yeah, It's Netflix. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And it looks pretty funny. Yeah, it's supposed to be good. But again, yeah. here we are in this day and age where there's all this great content I'm never going to get she, to. Uh, <laughs> they they even brought up, he, I don't know how it got brought up, but brought up the, the uh, moment she flashed Letterman in the exact same studio that Colbert is <laughs> right. in. Oh, wow. And, uh, and everything. And she was like, yeah, I look back at that and I'm like, I don't even know if that's me, but there's still another part of me that says, I'm still into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, um, but uh, yeah, what else on here? Blue Crush? Yeah, oh, Blue yeah. Crush, man. There you go. So uh, that's where she's, that's not, uh, so there's two big surfing movies. This is the one where she's actually like trying to be a pro surfer. Yeah, this right? is Kate Bosworth. Uh-huh. And, this uh, is the, not the one where a girl gets her arm bitten off. Yeah, Soul Surfer is the Anna Sophia Robb movie. Yeah, yeah, Soul yeah. Surfer is that one. That one's based on a true story. Yep. Blue Crush, I'm not sure if it is or not, but no. it, it but there was a million surfing movies that came out right. around this time. Because I think it was this and it was Riding the Giants documentary came out around the same time. Mm-hmm. Someone like that. And there was like maybe one other surfing What was movie? the Jessica Alba Paul Walker one? That was Into the Blue. Into the Blue, that's right. Into the Blue Crush. Yes. Yeah, that's that's what I got. Yeah. With Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, in, in, yeah, in, yeah exactly. Into in, yeah, right. That'd be awesome. <laughs> an unofficial sequel to crush and blue crush um but um but like uh yeah into the blue was the, that that was the movie where like hey just galvin bikini yep. you want to you know you want to see it that's mm-hmm. seriously they might as well just pretty much that what the way. trailer was and scott con though yeah oh, yeah getting some work that's right getting some work um what else you want to talk about i want to talk about re- briefly just because i have an excuse to the informant Oh, yeah. Because there's oh. a whole section of the informant where Matt Damon explains to the FBI guy, Scott Bakula and um, Joel McHale, mm-hmm. that uh, they can't meet with their competitors in Europe this time because there's some kind of crackdown in Europe on something. such. And they're like, so what can we do? And then <laughs> Matt Damon goes, Hawaii. 
<laughs> and then Kapag is like, Hawaii, and it cuts. And there's this fun little montage where all the Lysine people are playing golf, and they're playing in like a tensum. Like there's like <laughs> 10 guys teeing off, and then they go play their ball, which, by the way, would never happen. No. Uh, but there's also, then it keeps cutting to shots of Joel McHale and Scott Bakula with long lenses in a golf cart, like golf attire, with, with golf clubs in the back of the cart trying to blend in, taking pictures of them. And then they go to that conference room where they can't get a bigger room and Matt Matt Damon pretends to call the desk and ask for the, anyway that all takes place in Hawaii and Ooh. I fucking love that movie yeah. and somebody on Twitter just recently told me they, they watched it because of us raving about it and they ended up loving it yeah so, <clears throat> worth bringing up again. pretty much I think anybody who watches that movie will end up loving it I love when he first after he fails the lie detector test and finally agrees to wear a wire and it's hilarious because he's walking in saying you know that was rich so-and-so right, head of our <laughs> corn production business. Uh, but the, right after that scene, he walks towards his office and it's in the background and you just you just hear him say, good morning, late Lucy Hale, secretary, or whatever yeah. her name is. Oh my God, I love that movie so much. Yeah. Um, One thing I wanted to mention, there's a couple of Elvis Presley movies that, mm -hmm. that happened out there. And one was Girls, Girls, Girls. Mm -hmm. that, I wonder what uh, that's about. <laughs> It's, it's about a, dudes. It's about uh, <laughs> it's about cock. Yes, it's <laughs> yes. all about cock. Uh, that's where Return to Cinder came from. Ah. And then there's a, a movie called Blue Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And this is a weird movie because it's a typical Elvis Presley romp musical type of thing. But there's some weird subtext to it. Like Angela Lansbury plays his mom, and she mm -hmm. wants him to you know to to get into this this tourism business and things like that. And then one thing in reading the summary stuck out for me. So. He, Elvis is dating uh, this girl, or he's interested in this girl that's that's a ward to four teenage girls, right? Kind of looks over him and everything. The oldest of the teenage girls starts flirting with Elvis. Mm -hmm. And I want to read you the passage from this, this summary here. Mm -hmm. Her name is Ellie. One night, Ellie attempts to seduce Chad, Elvis, mm -hmm. but he refuses her advances. Mm -hmm. Ellie despondently flees in a Jeep with the intent to commit suicide. Before Ellie can drown herself, Chad saves her and administers an overdue spanking. An overdue spanking. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. There's, hey, there's so much wrong with all of that shit. Sometimes I you get see it right now. I want to see it right now. <laughs> sometimes you get rejected by Elvis, and you just you have you have a spanking that's. Due this is to. for trying to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. Spank. Oh I remember this scene too. As as I read that summary, I remember the thing. I, oh I, I, it's been a while since I've seen it. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, like, "Oh, oh you tried to drown yourself." Here you go, whap! Mm -hmm. Oh That's my right. god! That, yeah, that'll get the suicide right out of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, we all love the Descendants, right? Yes, we yes. do. That's a very Hawaiian movie. It is about white people. Or at least mostly white people. Mm -hmm. That's up there with uh, with Election as my favorite Alexander Payne movies, I think. Um, yeah. Mm. I think it may be his best. It may be. I mean, there's there's so many more layers to, I don't know, Election. That's the thing. Yeah, I think it might be his best. Because yeah. Election is more of a straight-up comedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, whereas as, as he goes on later in life, his films begin to kind of become more of a mix of drama and, and there's some heartbreak in this movie you know oh, yeah. there's plenty of humor there's plenty of laughs uh this is some heavy shit the movie <laughs> opens with a wife in a coma and they know they're gonna pull the plug mm -hmm. that's where we start mm -hmm. um so you know 
anyway, I just fucking love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think a- him running in those flip-flops around that bend in the road is one of the best, most iconic film images it is. we've That's another had. movie where Matthew Lillard can go fuck himself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Wow, what a strange theme. Let's actually try and keep that going. Yeah, we should. We should try to Matthew find a Willard way. As is much he likable at all in that movie? Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, so- uh, the one part where he finally breaks down. and But he's still like, he's just like, don't tell. But even family. then, yeah, even then he's kind of a dick. He's a dick. Yeah. But there's something about that performance where you're like, you kind of connect with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It, 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 not that I've had an affair with a married woman or anything like that. But, you haven't? No, not not yet. Not, uh, yeah, not, not, a married, not, not a married, not a married woman. woman. But um, yeah, no, I love the performances in that movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, and by the way, I just noticed that there was another Adam Sandler Hawaii movie. There just is? go with it. Oh wow! That's oh well, there's here. that, and then there's another one after that. What? There's three. There's a. Set, there's four. Well, it's not primarily set, but Punch Drunk Love. There's a big. Oh, big that's part right. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, there's a he whole follows, section. Follows uh, Emily Watson all the that's way. That's what to, the pudding cups are for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it seems like that his whole was... career has has been like, let's get to Hawaii somehow, <laughs> some way. Maybe he just really likes Hawaii. He might, and he gets to go on the studio dime yeah. out there. There and you go. So and he gets to mm-hmm. stay in the Kapua Suite six thousand a night. That's right. At least until Dakota Fanning and her people need yeah, it. Yeah, until Dakota Fanning needs it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I see that Godzilla, the recent Godzilla, was shot. There. Yeah, I think that's where uh, Cranston dies. Right? Is in? Uh, oh, sorry. Spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> no, Cranston's in. I think Hong it, Kong or some shit, but but it's shot in Hawaii is what you're saying. Though. Well, there's a section in Hawaii. I thought that's where the facility was where he he got killed. I got to cut all this, right? I don't no, know. You don't. It's just I think it speaks to how forgettable everything except Godzilla was about that movie. Right. They got Godzilla perfect. Mm-hmm. But all of the and this is I tweeted as soon as I saw that movie. Still too much humanity because like, because all the humanity is what falls flat in that movie. Yeah, and they're all bland one note characters. Whether or not he dies there or not, there were stuff or was stuff shot in Hawaii. Mm. Stuff was shot on Oahu and everything like that. Good enough so, for me. So it, it is definitely in there, even though the movie is based what, San Francisco. That's the main show. The main, the, of course, the Golden Gate Bridge and all that. Right, shit. right. Um. And of course, another comedy. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Okay, which now have I been can speak better. at length about this. What movie. What is the deal with this? I haven't seen this movie. This is a movie that is, uh, it's right up there with Vacation. Mm. Only with Vacation, I thought there was a chance it was good before you told me it wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one, I know it's not good. Okay, yeah. but I still really like watching it. Right, it was a lot of like really uh, watchable performers, in and this. there's there's bits. It's like a it's like a really good sitcom where you know it may take a few minutes to get to the bits but the bits are funny to mm-hmm. me like there's a whole section where okay premise of the movie is these two guys are fuck ups it's Zac mm-hmm. Efron and the guy from yeah it's uh, Adam Adam Divine Adam Divine yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um they fuck up all the time their sister's about to get married their dad insists you must bring good girls as dates to this wedding so you won't be getting drunk and fucking all the bridesmaids and all ludicrous premise mm-hmm. no dad is ever going to this is how I'm going to tame my son is have them bring dates. <laughs> yeah. So their story goes viral, of course, and they get on the news and girls come out of the woodwork. Now, this did happen, though, right? Maybe like, it's I, cause loosely it is based, based on a on, book. Probably. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Anna Kendrick and God, I'm terrible Aubrey with names. Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Two of the most lovely women in the mm-hmm, world mm-hmm. that I would like to be friends with. Mm-hmm. And they're terrible people terrible terrible people they drink too much they do drugs they sex a lot um (laughs) but they see this this these two guys on tv and they're like we're gonna make ourselves into good girls 
and get a free trip to Hawaii. They mm-hmm. succeed, of course, because they get run over by a car right in front of them. Yeah. Um, they go to Hawaii. Hijinks ensue. They fuck up the wedding. Yada, yada, yada. But there's a bit there where they go, uh, they go on an RV tour of Jurassic Park filming locations. <laughs> and um, the sister and her uh, future husband, which is the guy from Veep. Yeah, I can't remember his name. It's uh, He's hilarious Yeah, to he's me. great, though. Uh, and they're down at the bottom of this ravine, and everyone else is up top. And Aubrey Plaza's like, I got this. And she jumps off some ramp and does like a X Games move on her four-wheeler and then lands. <laughs> and then uh, Anna Kendrick goes for it, too. And she's up in the air, and she flips her stuff off to the side, her legs off to the side, like real X Games move. And it cuts down to that guy from Veep, and he goes, sweet candied nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just stuff like that. There's uh, the... Uh, the guy from Silicon Valley and Big Sick, Kamal, Kamal Nanjani, mm-hmm. um, he plays a masseuse, and they oh, they basically yeah. give him extra money to give the bride to be like a special massage, and uh-huh. he doesn't like touch her, but he's naked, rubbing his body on hers, and he comes up with all these names <laughs> for like the Flying Dutchman, all these moves he's doing, <laughs> uh, and she basically has an orgasm. <laughs> through non-sexual contact in the massage room. Uh, there's a lesbian cousin who keeps hitting on Aubrey Plaza, and Aubrey Plaza, Aubrey Plaza fingers her in the sauna in exchange for Rihanna backstage tickets. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. there are just It's one of these things where you're just like, you groan through 80% of it, but the 20% that, that lands is almost worth all the other shit. Hmm. Like I just, I, maybe it's just that all these people are so likable. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, the, uh, the guy from Veep is Sam Richardson, by the way. Sam Richardson is very, very funny. Hmm. I think everything I've ever seen him in. He's yeah. Very funny. Oh, yeah. He's great. Um, anyway, so, yeah, the movie's very Hawaii in the sense like you do actually you can tell they're on Jurassic Park filming locations when they do that <laughs> ATV scene, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I've always liked Hawaii because of Lost, because they shot Lost mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. sometimes you can see in Hawaii shots in movies, oh, I think Lost shot a scene there once. Well, mm-hmm. and you just mentioned Jurassic Park was shot in Hawaii. Yeah, all the I Jurassic guess that's probably Parks. worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah, all the Jurassic Parks were shot there, um, even though it's always like uh, uh, Isla Nublar. <laughs> Isla like, Sorna. Isla Sorna. And like, you it's know, supposed to be in the South Pacific regardless, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, shot there, but, uh, I think all of them, in fact, every, all, all four and probably the fifth one was shot in that same. Mm. I don't think they're even shooting anymore. I think they're just computer generating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Chris Pratt is running on a treadmill in front of a green screen. By now they've got Chris Pratt's human genome in the computer (laughs) and they're just, you know, they, uh, he's going to have a dance off by the way, at the end of this movie. Oh yeah, for sure. With the T-Rex. With with a Velociraptor. That's right. That's right. Because by this point, the T-Rex and the Velociraptor, they've, they've learned some things. Yeah. And they've become bros. That's right. They, they've been, they've been on a dance floor or two. Um, there are, uh, uh, obviously a lot of, uh, Pearl Harbor type mm-hmm. movies, including Pearl Harbor, that yeah. shot, <laughs> yep. uh, in Hawaii. What? Yeah. What? What do you mean? <laughs> um, uh, from here to eternity is yep. another Pearl Harbor movie. Uh, it happens like right before, right Pearl before. Harbor, right? And yeah. then like the, the attack happens at the very end. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, what a gorgeous movie. Oh man. yeah, absolutely. It's another one of those where you're like, Oh, Frank Sinatra. He's got, yeah. he's got some chops, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Pearl Harbor and, and, uh, from here to eternity, South Pacific was shot in Hawaii. Too. I was going to bring that up and try and sound smart. And you just beat oh, me to it. Oh, damn it. Dick. Hey, you know what? Why don't you say it? And then he can cut that 
that up. No, no, you're you're fine. I like it better this way. <clears throat> yeah, because it lets me it lets me call you a dick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Lilo and Stitch isn't that Hawaii? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. uh, this is one of those rare hand drawn Disney animated movies I still have never seen. Uh, yeah, me, me came either. out while I was GM of the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, seemed like it was very popular. I know a lot of people like it, and it's adorable. It's just in in that run. I, that's just the one I never saw. So mm. I don't know shit about that movie. I mean, it's literally like a buddy. Like pet, it's basically like bad Santa and they've made, like, they made like five hundred sequels to this movie. Yeah, too. straight to whatever DVRM. Yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, and well, then there's Moana. Yeah, uh, so Moana, I guess, is not technically Hawaii, but it's like pre-Hawaii. I think it's like well, I think it's more it's Polynesian, Polynesian, which right. I think is more over in the like the New Zealand area of the Pacific than it is like where Hawaii is. Well, at. I mean the rock is named Maui and like all of this stuff kind of looks so like it pre-Hawaii kind of Hawaii is way I, I still so. haven't seen Moana. Well, I guess well, a Polynesian culture begat Hawaiian right. culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think it's worth mentioning this film. I fucking love Moana. Oh man, I have I'm, not lost any of my love for that movie. The music in that holds up and gets better every time yep. that you listen to it. Even the I, we may have said this before, but the rock can't sing. And he knows he can't sing, but that "Your Welcome" song is one of the most singable songs that well, you'll ever hear. It's a very charming performance. Yeah, and you know, all he had to do was not go off pitch, and he succeeded. Yeah. Um, but the other, the other songs just soar. Oh my god! Uh, the first one she sings, and then the the one about the one that she gets in the flashback about them being sailors. God. Yeah. I'll just melt. I'll yeah, music. and the animation in this is is top notch. Yeah, yeah. It's a, another case we've talked about this before, where Disney's giving the, their best stuff to Disney, <laughs> not Pixar. Well, anymore. maybe not Coco. Like <laughs> I, I think Coco really tops. Again, everything. I would love to know what does what how they decide which one's going to be the Disney arm and which one's going to be well. The Pixar. And the guy making those decisions is not around right now. Right? Well, yeah. Uh, but I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, I don't understand where he was coming from. When no, I don't either. We're making. I don't either. I bet they gave Coco to Pixar because they were. They said, you can probably do an amazing job with animation, but this concept is not going to land with American audiences like, you know, a regular Disney animation thing, like a Cars film yeah, or something like that. Neither you know? should Moana if that's the same criteria. And Moana mm-hmm. was not Pixar. That's true. So, that's true. It's uh, it's like that's that's where it doesn't make sense to me. Like you can do it with either probably, and they look about the same. Like it's going to get to the point where you're not even going to know what's Pixar and what's mm-hmm. Disney. And yeah, and I almost wonder why they haven't just done that. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's almost like somebody's still holding a grudge. Up there. <laughs> yeah, 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 it does. Maybe. It really does. It's probably Jeffrey Katzenberg. It, it definitely <laughs> is that motherfucker. It's probably John Ratzenberger. Yeah, John Ratzenberger for sure. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, see, Timmy. <laughs> um, now, Finding Nemo was not, you know, uh, based in Hawaii or anything, but that apparently is where Pixar sent all of their animators to uh, get inspired about the marine life. Hmm. So they went to a certain place in Hawaii, and and one of the big things about Finding Nemo is if you ever watch those making ofs or anything, is that they went above and beyond. They did when it comes to finding how how actual marine life moves in the water and mm-hmm. everything so they put that in the movie like the stuff like the the smallest of fish stuff is they're, they're getting that you know probably exactly right right yeah uh, but uh it's uh worth a mention well, when someone goes snorkeling with me <laughs> <laughs> uh there was a few others that i saw um uh shot in hawaii oh aloha yeah aloha mm-hmm. which i still haven't seen that's 
every bit as forgettable as you fear it is. Yeah. And it's got, you know, Bradley Cooper and Emma Stone. Yeah. And Cameron Crowe is just fumbling right now. And mm. I don't know. He lost his groove. Yeah. He needs to talk to Stella. Figure out how to get it. Back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just well, watched, Stella knows how. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you. I just watched Almost Famous again the other night. It's still. Great. I'm starting. I'm starting to. I was lukewarm on that for whatever reason for yeah. for forever. I don't know why. And I'm really starting to warm up to that movie. Yeah. The just the more that I watch it. Really, really good. Yeah. It's it's uh, very important and meaningful to me, and you shouldn't hate it. All right. Well, no, <laughs> no, I never hated it. No, no. I'm you just should kidding. love it, and kidding. you should put your penis in it. That's right. What about a perfect getaway? Uh, yeah, that's another movie that. Now, uh, see. I could when I saw that on the list, I was like, "Wow!" I watched and loved that movie, and that could have been anywhere. Like I, my, in my brain, it was like Costa Rica. Like I don't remember it being Hawaii specific. It's a different part of Hawaii. It's For not sure. a resort. I mean, they're they're literally trying to go. Uh, is it Steve Zahn and Mila Jovovich? Are they on their honeymoon? Well, it's Steve Zahn and that. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think they no. Somebody's not a, on a. They, it's the other couple. Chris Hemsworth was is on their their honeymoon. Is it Chris Hemsworth and then the other girl from Lost, who's mm. the um, his his girl Olivia Diablo? It's not. It's not her. <laughs> uh, let me look this up because it's Olivia this, something. It's the the girl that's in this. Let me see. Well, there's three couples. The first one is Chris Hemsworth and his partner that they think is the dangerous one. Okay, so what I'm thinking of is the Keely Sanchez girl and then Timothy Oliphant. Right, right, right. And then there's Steve Zanamilajovich who's playing that couple. Mm. And then I guess there's uh, Chris Hemsworth and Marley Shelton oh, okay. is the other one. Um, hmm. Did you just, uh, the news yesterday with Chris Hemsworth and uh, Girl We All Love from Thor Ragnarok are going to be in the oh, Men in Black. Tessa Thompson? Yeah. Oh, really? Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth. They're not going to be rebooting it. So, like, they're not playing J and K, and mm -hmm. J and K will apparently have existed in this movie's universe, and they're just going to play two other agents of the Men in Black. It's kind but of interesting. That's a pairing I could get on board yeah, with. Yeah, I'm for sure. Uh, there's some others that I saw that were shot there, even though they weren't based there. Tropic Thunder. Oh, uh, interesting. Shot in Hawaii, I guess, all, most of it. Uh, you know, I think you could shoot anywhere and tell me it's Vietnam, and I'd probably believe you. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it's not like I've ever been to Vietnam. <laughs> really? No. Oh. No, you might be surprised to learn that. Um, I uh, some of the uh, some of the scenes in Avatar shot in Hawaii. Uh, yeah, um, okay. Uh, and uh, one of uh, a favorite movie on the show, Six Days, Seven Nights, was shot there. Oh yeah. Um, Is I, that supposed to be based in Hawaii? I think it. Uh, and I'm not that's sure another one where you it could be essentially anywhere. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, David uh, it was Schwimmer, at least man. shot there. The I uh, believe the opening of Raiders of the Lost Ark was shot there. At least the um the all the out the exterior oh, stuff. The okay. boulders? The jungle oh, well, stuff. Yeah, the jungle yeah, stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. the jungle stuff was all shot there. Um uh Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. That could have been shot anywhere. It doesn't really matter. Uh Tim Burton's Planet at Planet of the Apes was shot in uh in part in Hawaii. Oh, okay. For jungle He's stuff. got uh he he has a, a movie that's set there, Big Eyes. Did you ever see Big Eyes? I never saw that. No. I saw that movie. Yeah, what'd you think? Amy Adams is in it. Mm -hmm. She's great. Um, yeah. Everything else about the movie has faded from memory. Okay. <laughs> but she's a cartoonist, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I she's think it's a real person. It's a real person. Yeah, yeah Margaret Mead or something like Margaret Mead. <laughs> <laughs> you, know you know what's incredible? Um, the movie uh, the uh, was the movie I was talking about with Louis Bunuel earlier. Uh, there's a part where a guy is talking about the works of Margaret Mead. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, <laughs> happened just this morning. I oh, wow. That's funny. Um, uh, Waterworld was somewhat ah, shot in Hawaii. Yeah, the water scenes were shot there. For sure. <laughs> there was there were a few water scenes in that Actually, movie. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if the production was there, both 
for the water stuff and because I think I remember reading part of the reason this movie was so expensive is they built this huge tank to film the water stuff mm-hmm. in. But then when they reach dry land at the end of the movie, that's got to be Hawaii. Yeah. Because it looks all mountainy, Hawaii. Dry land yeah. is not a myth. I've seen it. Um, make fun of Waterworld, man. I will beat you down. And uh, Lord of the Flies shot there. Oh, um, that inspired then, a movie uh, recipes. It did. It did. <laughs> um, um, and Point Break was also shot in uh, Hawaii. Oh, all right. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about Hawaii? I mean, I could talk about all kinds of stuff about Hawaii, but I don't. Want I think to. our uh, our favorite out of that would probably be. A toss-up between the Descendants and Forgetting Sarah Marshall, right? Yeah, yeah. it would just depend on what mood I was in. Yeah, yeah. If, but they're uh, both amazing. In fact, that's a great double feature. Oh, I bet it would be. Yeah. I would watch Descendants first. Mm-hmm. So I can guarantee mm-hmm. myself the laughter yeah. ending as yeah. opposed to the... Because, I mean, Descendants doesn't end on a down note. It actually kind of ends almost optimistically. But And it's funny most of the way through it. It's it just not... It's It's got more gravitas it's or heavy weight funny. to it. Uh, so that's uh, those uh, those two states. That's we right. Might, we could. Are those the two most different geological they states? They might be the farthest away so far. we've yeah. done. I mean, it, and and really, technically, I don't think anything can get. Far. I mean, I mean, I mean, as far as in the alphabet, I don't think anything can possibly get that far away. <laughs> no, yeah. I agree. Uh, I mean, um, so uh, yeah, those yeah, that's definitely. That like, that's we're going to be doing Indiana pretty soon. Indiana, man, that's my wheelhouse, baby. Oh yeah. Well, oh I'm man, that's from age good. five to age nineteen. Yeah, that'll I be got fun. It. I got it down. Yeah. Hey, you want to talk about some movie? Oh yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, some movie. Uh, since uh, last time we did our podcast, I've seen three more movies on. Man, movie. you were chewing it up. Yeah, man. I uh, that, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that just like I said, it comes in and you're like, I don't ever get a chance to watch these movies. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that, like, like I've been saying before in these ads before, it's like. There, there's stuff that I don't know where to look. I don't know what to, exactly. I don't know yeah, what yeah. what I'm looking for, and stuff like this pops up, and you're like, oh, okay. And usually, they movie has like a theme or something like that. Mm-hmm. The one that's currently going on, they've got one that's currently going on, is a, a great child performance. Yeah, I saw that, and uh, and one of them I saw was called The Fallen Idol, which is a Carol Reed movie. Carol Reed did The Third Man. The one thing that's great about Carol Reed movies is that. You, all of his movies are just like just so well shot yeah, and yeah. so like i mean you can see so many like just depth of it's just so much depth in in his shot composition so and he likes doing a lot of dutch angle stuff and all mm-hmm. that too but still it's just they're always great but in this one there's a there's a child performance at the center of it and it, it's always good when you get children who act like children yeah, the yeah. Uh, the one thing that you see in uh you know in this day and age is every kid has to be precocious <laughs> has to be chloe mm-hmm. grace moretz and 500 days of summer or something right. like that or moonrise kingdom like uh, all the yeah, kids in there yeah, yeah yeah but these kids act like kids and i think that's an even bigger magic trick mm-hmm. uh to be able to have them act like kids and i don't know if they're like just telling them hey say some stuff and you know, just do it how you would do it or mm-hmm. whatever. And not even, they don't have no affect whatsoever. But anyway, uh, the fallen idols really good. Mm-hmm. I also saw another one, uh, another French film called Ponette, which is, uh, another one oh. that there, uh, is considered one of the best child performances of all time. I saw that. Is it, did it blow you away? 
Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, and the most recent one that you can compare these two movies to is the Florida Project. The Florida Project has kids who act like kids and, mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, Ponette is a is a little bit more of a I guess of a down type of story, although it's still I think more more uplifting in the end. But it's about a girl who's dealing with the death of her mom, mm. and uh, and it's how a child sort of reasons the uh reasons about death and how chill other children reason it as, with her as she's going through school and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it's a lot of ju- i mean just her I, she's just i mean it's heartbreaking but it's also funny and you know it's yeah. a, a lot of like really really good uh just really good stuff just just seeing how a child copes with it and everything is really good so those two movies currently going on right now on movie uh well worth well worth the free trial oh right? yeah no kidding right so what you need to do is go to movie.com slash cinema sins and you get 30 days free mm-hmm. all right this is no risk sign up go to that i'm going to tell you about even even more stuff so i told you that i was getting into french cinema mm-hmm. and right now they're running a, a campaign about um after the the wave the french new wave mm-hmm. and saw a movie called i don't kiss mm-hmm. uh, the other night mm-hmm. and that just came out it's it's a very interesting story, and it's got a lot of depth, great performances and everything, but the look and the feel, this is Andre Dechine. <laughs> Somebody will correct me. Anyway, uh, just the way that the new, new wave or the after the new wave, which I'm sure we're influenced by all that are shooting things that's why i guess in europe like the directors are really the auteurs and really mm-hmm. you know their their names are whether or not you can pronounce them they're on the the marquee right um and it's it's just so gloriously shot just what you were saying like the depth of even just throwaway shots of like one person journeying from one place to another mm-hmm. is fantastic and they've started this series uh they've got a new one uh out that's a, that's my favorite season uh from the same director actually and god it's just it's just amazing to watch. Even mm-hmm. again, it's it's something new. It's something that I didn't know that I wanted. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's brought on this service. And and in this interface, it like it, it'll give you a summary. It'll give you the ratings on it. It'll give you kind of like the context of it, and it'll really help guide you. And you know what? I want to watch this. Here's something that movie does not claim, but eventually I'm going to know French. <laughs> <laughs> It does start to to get familiar, doesn't it? Man, I, I mean, yeah. I took four years of French in high school, and like, but still, re- watching, you know, listening to people speak French and seeing the subtitles, I'm like, oh yeah, that word, yeah, that yeah, word. Totally. oh yeah, that word, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back on, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so to- totally not in the uh, the claims here. Movie will be your basically your Rosetta Stone at some time. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of you know when we. When we started experimenting and dabbling with fine dining, mm-hmm. because mm. up until this Cinema Sins thing gave us the means to eat at fancier restaurants when we travel or even here at home, you know, I w- I'd never had couscous. I'd never had, mm. I mean, my food world was contained, right? And I'm not just saying it was fast food, but, um, you know, I didn't, I'd never had some of the shit we've had since. I'd mm. never had caviar. So we went to this place in San Francisco that gave us like 11 courses. They were all tiny. And I'd say like nine of those courses were full of shit I'd never eaten before. Mm-hmm. Like one was like a smoked egg yolk with caviar on top. Mm. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Another one was a cucumber watermelon soup. Mm-hmm. 
who would ever have put those two things together? It was fucking awesome. <laughs> and so, you know, in, in the same kind of way, it's almost like a tasting menu movie it is. is. It's yeah. almost like a, a fine dining of cinema chef's tasting menu. You may not love every film you see on movie, mm. but you're going to love more than you don't. And you're going to help refine your tastes and explore areas of cinema that you didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's part of why this service works so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I uh, and I'm I'm smack dab in the middle as we're uh, you know I'm watching it now no I'm smack dab in the middle of watching uh, another Louis Bunuel before it leaves and it's called mm -hmm. The Phantom of Liberty and by the time I finish this I'll have seen four Louis Bunuel movies wow and <laughs> awesome. uh, and, and it's and you know it's one of those guys that I've heard for heard about for a long time but never knew what movies to watch and everything and like you know and this is a service that allows me to watch stuff like that it's got jean-luc godard on there right mm -hmm. now it's got uh just a just a great number he's my of favorite enterprise captain <laughs> yeah he really is <laughs> yes all you have to do go to movie that's m-u-b-i dot com slash cinema sins you get 30 free days get out your checkbook and then put it away <laughs> mm, that's correct all right well do we want to get into some rants I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I'm as mad as hell. You've never seen me very upset. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Do it. Mm. Mm. You're about something. No, I'm not actually. I, my rant is about Coke. Um, and they spent all this money on this Super Bowl ad. Not cocaine, you oh. dummy. Coke. Coca-Cola. Cocaine. <laughs> um, Somebody's been putting heroin in my Coke. That's right. So the, 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 cocaine. One of the most major rebrandings coke has done in their history with diet coke because mm. now they have five diet cokes regular they fight feisty cherry lime something blood orange and fuck off i don't, I don't know what they all are <laughs> i love fuck off my my point is only the goddamn diet cokes get the fancy fruity flavors why is that it bothers me to no end now to be fair they they're the only ones that get the fruity flavors when you go to the gas station or the grocery store like, if you go to a movie theater that has those, like, you know, billion drink things or whatever. You have a movie theater that has those? Yeah, there was. there's one near Barrett oh, yeah, yeah. that has that. Mine has, still just has the, it's got the screen with choices. All the, yeah. Oh, no, it's got the screen with all the different flavor so, combinations. Well, I'm talking about, yes, I'm talking about the grocery store. Right, right. So you can go to, like, if you go to, if you if you look into one of those places, the, uh, the Cokes have different flavors, like vanilla and... Uh, cherry and mm -hmm. like whatever i mean there's not not fuck those off. fun yeah fuck off fuck yeah. off is definitely in there mm -hmm. coca-cola um, remix i think is what they call that machine they have it at five guys oh yeah, yeah and yeah. it's some good shit and yeah. i always get cherry coke when i'm there but i can't bring any of that shit home and I've, I've i've recently this is probably only because i've recently been exploring unique uh sodas <laughs> i don't know how i got on this kick um i was looking for i i, I bought some kind of sparkling fruit water that i liked and i was looking for something similar and then i noticed that pepsi had uh two unique labeled cans they're actually discontinued now if you can find them more power to you but one was a ginger cola and one was a citrus cola and it's mm. like it's got like old-timey lettering and it's like um handcrafted pepsi classic something something it doesn't look anything like a pepsi can hmm. but i bought the citrus cola right and took it home and it was awesome was it like crystal pepsi no it was tasty. <laughs> but you've have you ever been to these places in Nashville, like pharmacy that make their own mm -hmm. sodas and whatnot? Mm -hmm. So this, I'm sort of yeah, trying awesome. to explore that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. the, like Kroger has their own brand of like, you know, blackberry pomegranate soda or what have you. Um, I'm experimenting with this stuff. I would love to be able to have a blood orange Coke. 
Yeah. But I ain't going to drink the goddamn diet. Maybe I would drink the zero, but mm. you don't even have the flavors in the zero. Interesting. Why are the diet? Co- now, I know diet Coke drinkers are a cult. Yes, I know I'm part of it. They are. They are powerful <laughs> and many. They are legion. Um, but still, the regular Coke drinkers have to outnumber them. <laughs> I don't know, man. And I want to try a lime Coke and feisty cherry Coke because I can only get regular cherry. I can't get the feisty cherry. Is it seriously feisty cherry? It's called feisty cherry, yeah. Um, (laughs) I would like to try the blood orange Coke. What makes it feisty, I wonder? I don't know. They pee in it a little bit. Mm, Yeah, yeah. It's angry. You take a sip and it barks at you. (laughs) Speaking of made in Georgia, the pee they put in Coke. Ah, there you go. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Don't want to be sued. So it's a silly rant, but it really boggles my mind because clearly you have the flavoring set up. Clearly you've got the the manufacturing plant set up They're just but for some reason you've made a marketing decision that coke zero and regular coke drinkers don't want to experiment with those flavors and you're wrong yeah well telling you coke mm-hmm. multi-billion dollar international company bow yeah. to this one man's whim in, yes. in in two weeks they'll have these new flavors and you'll swear it's i almost did a rant four weeks ago because they ran that super bowl ad and took like six weeks before they put it in stores like i was looking for it what was the ad just the ad showing off that they have five new flavors of diet coke do you think it's possible that you might like these versions of diet coke over the regular version i don't because the reason i don't like diet coke is that my tongue can tell the artificial sweetener Mm -hmm. and i can tolerate zero because they're doing that a little differently yeah um but like even there's some drink they sell it's oh it's a, a at Starbucks, I like to get a, a drink called a Cool Lime Refresher. They don't make it anymore. Uh, but that you can buy these powdered versions. You drop in bottled water and shake mm-hmm. it up, and it and it's got artificial sweetener in it. And I can't drink it because it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't like the taste of that artificial sweetener. Mm-hmm. It's not that I. It's not that I. If you could give me a calorie-free, sugar-free Coke that tastes like Coke Classic, mm-hmm. I'd drink that shit in a heartbeat. That 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 new Coke Zero is very close. It is. It's as close as any diet anything has ever come. They've had like three different com- campaigns where they're like, "It totally tastes like Coke," and yeah. then you drink it, and it's like, "No, this is <laughs> shit." Yeah. And uh, and then finally, this recent one where they were like, "No, seriously, it really tastes <laughs> like it." Time. It's it's cl- as close as it's gonna Pretty get. Pretty damn probably. close. Yeah, that was my rant. There All you right. go. Uh, Jeremy and and Barrett, you guys are familiar with the Blu-rays, right? When you put in a Blu-ray into your into your Blu-ray machine, <laughs> yes, I'm familiar. Yes. yes, you guys are familiar with that, right? Uh, there are so many things about the way all the different studios do Blu-rays that's pretty upsetting. It's maddening. Yeah, it's maddening. First off, I know that Jeremy. Uh, talked about how they don't seem to know which side to put the dvd version <laughs> and, the, yeah, yeah. and the blu-ray version and you know like if i buy the blu-ray case the blu-ray should be like prominent yeah. it should be i shouldn't have to look under all the you know the paperwork that you guys put in there and uh and whatever the other thing is uh when you get to the menu screen it is impossible to know what you're highlighting yeah, oh, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, they put the un- they put underline it or they'll put like a splash of something fun yeah. over the thing that you're wanting to click on. Yeah. <laughs> but there are some where it's like the color is white, the yeah. color is brown. Yeah. Which one is the highlight? Yeah. Is it the white or is it the brown? <laughs> you have to go back and, and forth. And like sometimes I'll be like, okay, no, it's definitely this. And you're like, and you turn it and you, you hit it and it's like, nope, that's not the Special one. Special features. Special features. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. 
The most maddening thing for me, uh, and this is because I send movies using the Blu-ray and I don't use our copy of it, is especially with Paramount, if you've gotten to about 35 minutes into the movie and everything and you want to turn it off for the day or turn it off for a few hours or whatever, go off and do some other stuff, come back, it will not save the place. Really? Some, most of them do. Yeah, yeah, yeah paramount in particular doesn't want you to do that what the hell like there it's some they they must be elitist about it i don't know go back and watch i don't if that's the case i don't know why they have chapter selections (laughs) yeah yeah. but like um but like yeah like you click on you click on a paramount like it's like go you have to go through the the stupid ass paramount high definition logo and like all the then you have the uh the trailers that they put on these things mm-hmm. some of them are like skip the trailers no problem others fuck you you yeah, have to forward yeah. through every single one of them and you can't and they won't let you hit the menu button and it's like it's like who's whose blu-ray player is this yeah seriously yeah. it's fucking mine yeah uh, so, it drives me nuts man because so, yeah well, it's just captive. I was bitching last week about the trailers in the theater. I'm a captive audience there, but here I've already paid for your goddamn movie. Yeah, yeah. I understand you want to put some trailers on there. Plus, it's going to be outdated, even, you know, in six exactly. months or whatever. Maybe even autoplay that shit, but give me a button that I can hit to mm-hmm. skip it because I'm a grown up who knows why he's here. Yeah. God damn. Pup. Yeah. This, there's no consistency between the Blu-rays. That's too. the thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't. The the preview thing doesn't make any sense if if it would be extremely maddening if they made you watch them like you couldn't forward through them and mm-hmm. everything that would be extremely maddening but they found that little in-between area where it's like you can still skip them but we're gonna make you skip them right you're gonna yeah, you can only skip to the beginning of the next one yeah you have yeah. to skip seven times right right so yeah it's uh it's uh it drives it drives me crazy of course you know who knows blu-rays and home digital like actual physical discs <sighs> are they on the chopping block i mean best buy is barely selling gotta be, them now gotta be because well and it's so fascinating to me how you you, you and i basically have the same job mm-hmm. but we we do it completely different because mm-hmm. like you watch the blu-ray on your big tv mm-hmm. and pause it with a remote and write your sins on a laptop mm-hmm. i watch i have a i have two screens and a desktop setup so I watch a ripped copy of the movie on my PC on the left screen, uh, and I'm writing. I've got my Word document on the right as I write, and and I don't. I've, now that I've, I've done it for five years like that, I don't think I could do it the way you do it, just because it would be so foreign to me. I couldn't do it the way you do it. I do it the way you do, Jeremy. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, it's just fascinating to me that we just we have our own preferences well, to, do, to get there. I do it both ways a lot of times, where I'll have the ripped copy sitting there. And if I want to go back to something, mm. instead of rewinding, I have that there, and I can. The only problem that I always had with the that copy is that if I want to do certain things, I have to kind of like find the spot on the timeline yeah. and like click on it, and like, oh, that's not it. Whereas yep. uh, the Blu-ray, it's like chapter, 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 and then a little yeah, bit, of, you know. So that's that's the main reason. No, that's Plus, actually a, that's a good point. Um, anyway, do they still name chapters, by the way. Uh, I think they do. They name each scene, right? It's do. like, yeah. you know, and Clarabelle and, and there's the some, museum. Or there's some movies that have like 60 chapters. Yeah. <laughs> Clarabelle. At the museum. Yeah, at the museum. I want to watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> what was that movie from? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Harry Potter goes to feed the pigeons. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway. All right. Netflix has gotten too fucking big. Mm. Um, 
I can't find anything in Netflix anymore that I didn't know about specifically. Mm. Like as I browse through, it's you guys heard about the paradox of choice, yeah, mm-hmm. where it. If you have too much, it becomes too overwhelming, essentially, and it, it loses the novelty of, of having the variety in the first place, mm-hmm. right? So when you, when you get cable and all of us in here have the cable and the, the premium packages and stuff, or the movie channels, where you can flip through and you can catch movies at different time points, get sucked into them, or say, oh, yeah, this is why I didn't like it, and you go off. With Netflix, you're, you're, you're going to commit one way or another it doesn't matter how long you commit you have to literally select and say i'm gonna watch santa clarita diet or something like Mm -hmm. that for x amount of time and then i have to go out and find something else uh and it goes back to when aaron dicer was on here a few weeks ago and he was like oh you should watch a futile and stupid gesture Mm -hmm. and i literally the day before had some free time or the night before and i was like i'm gonna watch netflix i'm gonna find something and it's something that really should have even like been recommended to me because that's kind of right in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. it's about National Lampoon. But it didn't even come on my radar. It's something I knew was on Netflix and I wanted to watch, but I'm just overwhelmed by not only what's currently on there, but what's going to be on there tomorrow because there's going to be like 50 more options well, tomorrow. It, it's also frustrating that I believe they are intentionally hiding some stuff because they want to push other stuff. Yeah, um, could be. The, and and the way that their UI decides, okay, so, so what I'll do, and this happens frequently, is I'll go, I want to watch something. There's nothing on the movie channels. Let's see what's on Netflix. I go to Netflix. Well, what do I like? I'm going to click sci-fi. And there are sci-fi movies on Netflix that don't show up when I click that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they choose which dozen to show me there. or if, Even if I just go and click movies, how do they decide which category to give me first? Yeah, I don't know. How do they decide? Like, I, It's I obviously like, their originals are the top line. Well, yes and no. I don't think I've ever seen the Santa Clarita Diet suggested, mentioned, hmm. advertised anywhere on Netflix. And again, they've got 700 new shows and <laughs> movies this year. So eventually they're going to get to a point where they can't promote even all their own shit. But it would be easier for me if you would just give me a goddamn alphabetized list. Just give mm. me a white background and a bunch of blue links... <laughs> That turn purple after I've clicked them. List all the movies you have alphabetically or by category. But this whole thing with the thumbnails, you you basically reduced your your catalog to you can only show me three percent of it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I agree with you. It's maddening. I think I have slightly different issues with it than you do, but it's it's really hard to find what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. I tend to just go to the search and just start typing in. So it's it's, yeah. But when you're when you're browsing, when you're like, no, yeah, for anything, I know what you're talking about. I'm just Um, saying that like if I want to see something, I just go to that search, and and the search is pretty powerful on Netflix. mm -hmm. So like a lot of times, within two letters, it already knows what you want. Um, but uh, porn. Yeah. P O. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's some things about porn on Netflix. Things about porn? Yeah. About porn. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could watch. type porn and come up with content. Yeah, is what you he's can't saying. watch you can't watch just porn now. I mean <laughs> I don't know. Have you, I mean, have you seen Orange is the New Black? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That was a bad joke. That's a good point. No, um, well, it used to be they've actually cleaned this up a little bit, but it used to be if you're on your computer, anytime your mouse like comes anywhere close to the selection, it would autoplay the entire trailer. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. I think they've tightened that up at least the last time I was there. But it's it's too much for me. By the way, what did you think of a feudal and super gesture? I didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't see it. This I is like me it. and perking, by the way. My wife will tell you, she can attest to this later, that I get really annoyed with people who take even two seconds to figure out where to park. 
Mm-hmm. There's a spot. Just park. You, so you had to walk 30 feet further to get to the Mexican restaurant. Don't. And, and this comes from my father, who would drive around a parking lot over and over and over again looking for that one right spot. He's basically George Costanza. And it drove me nuts because we're just wasting time. I could be eating. But for 15 minutes, we've been looking for a parking spot. The other day, we, were, we went to a Mexican place, but we went at like 3 in the afternoon when nobody was there. And the parking lot was wide open. And I froze like a deer in the <laughs> headlights because there were, all the options were available. And my wife just started giggling madly because you realize what was happening so i break like a computer with bad code whenever you give me too many options so i totally know exactly what you're talking about all right we're gonna go to some news sure man news on the mark just got good news oh uh i've seen a, a couple of trailers and this isn't really news or anything hey breaking news chris saw trailer that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's correct um like, you know, I know everybody needs to sit down and because I just saw a trailer called Tag. Oh. And I also saw the Deadpool 2 trailer right. this morning. Oh, that came out this morning. I haven't seen it yet. Is yeah. it good? It does look good. Okay, great. Yeah. You liked it? Yeah, I did. It um, takes itself a little bit more seriously than the most recent teaser trailer. A little bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it looks like it's going to be fun. I yeah. can't wait. It looks like it's just going to be, I understand what you said last time about, you know, if they make it about Deadpool, then there's a limited thing. But I think this is going to be I can't wait to see good it. stuff, man. But that tag trailer, um, I don't know if did you guys see any of that. I know about it. I haven't seen the trailer. It's based on a true story about friends who have played this 30 year game of tag. Oh, I've read about this. I yeah. didn't know they made a movie. About they made it. a movie about it with Jeremy Renner and Hannibal Burris mm-hmm. and uh, I think Ed Helms. Ed Helms is in it. it. Yeah. I saw him in the poster. So and, it's a comedy, uh, right? Yeah, it's a comedy. And like, it looks like Jeremy Renner is the character who has taken it up to a, a whole other level and everything. And he's like, he's never been tagged. He even has a point. Oh, yeah. He has a point in the trailer where he's like, I've never been tagged <laughs> and all that. But it looks, it looks interesting. It's, it's funny after game night, you would think that this was kind of a, a sort of a, an offshoot of game night or something like that. Cause they're playing tag in this. Cause it's kind of the same sort of hyper competitive stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, that's, uh, that's, I, I want to know what this real story is because this real game of tag that's been going on for 30 years can't be a, nearly as like on this level that <laughs> it's on in this, in this movie. There's a point where Ed Helms is, is like during a wedding is like running after the groom and whatever oh, wow. ends up hit, ends up tackling the the preacher or whatever um but uh but yeah there's stuff like but jeremy renner looks like he's just kind of like like in and out and like there's even a point where he uh like either tags somebody if he's never been tagged though i don't know if he ever tags other people if that's the case huh. but like there's a point where he like runs past everybody and goes into this like um food stand of some sort and then closes the metal thing behind (laughs) (laughs) well because you brought up game night i almost went with my rant because there's one moment in game night that bothers me and it's when they're driving and somebody says wwvdd and somebody says what would vin diesel do (laughs) that's like the third comedy that's made that joke Uh but in researching this i went right back to vacation Mm -hmm. where ed helm says if vin diesel can do it i can do it too and he he e-brake turns and (laughs) spins Mm -hmm. that van it's the same people. Oh, and it's uh, uh, also in uh, uh, Blockers, too, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's, they, the, that's the WWE. Is that the, the yeah, Oh, okay. That's, oh, I got it wrong. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's in that block, Cock Blockers, whatever it is. Okay, well, either way, 
the vacation guys are the guys that made Game Night. Ah, yeah. So they yeah. put the joke in both of those movies because I was thinking <laughs> Vacation came out two years earlier you, and you're ripping off that. No, it's the same guys yeah. who somehow didn't realize they repeated. I get that. I get that Fast and Furious is ubiquitous now that mm -hmm. movies can make references to them, but we've done it now. Let's move on. There's no a, more Vin uh, Diesel jokes. There's a video uh, someone did with all the Aaron Sorkin stuff where he repeat certain things oh yeah i've seen that over and over again yeah in and it, from show to show yeah from yeah. show to show it's like and that part in the west wing when he's asking if they ordered the code red yeah that's right that's right you're goddamn right i did mm -hmm. that's right that was that special Bradley Whitford. That, was, that was that special jack nicholson <laughs> guest starring appearance on west wing um uh but no yeah like it's it's kind of amazing like in between uh in, in between sports night and and west wing and yeah and uh, even like uh, uh, Studio 60 and all that, like he has some of the same thing. And I don't know if he knows he's doing it or he just loves putting that particular. Maybe so. Thing. I don't think he can. He's written so much. How do you mm -hmm. know? Like we've been doing this podcast for over two years now. Mm -hmm. And I will think of things to bring up and not honestly not know. I think we talked about that before. Right. I'm not sure if we talked about that before. And we've been doing it two years. So <laughs> if, imagine writing as much as he's written in the last 20 years. But I went into that video skeptical because I'm a huge Sorkin fan. Mm -hmm. And that video won me over. He's definitely repeating himself. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no question about it. But I think it's just kind of a uh, nature of, you know, when you're that much of a workaholic. You know, it's like Bruno Mars is eventually going to repeat a, a few, you know, <laughs> He's nope going to plagiarize himself. And that, and that yeah, could exactly. be a situation where they're like, nobody saw vacation. Let's put it yeah. in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only no, Jeremy. Only, only Jeremy on Sincast saw it. Um, oh, man. What's your news? My news is, uh, well, uh, my news is this Amy Poehler Netflix movie they just announced yesterday. Shocking it's on Netflix. Well, mm -hmm. and it sounds like a straight comedy version of Sideways with an all-female cast. Mm. Oh. So you have. Uh, she's going to write, produce, and direct this and star in it. So it's basically Amy Poehler egotting herself all the way through this thing. Uh, but the cast is going to be Rachel Dratch, Anna Gastar, Paula Pell, Maya Rudolph, Emily Spivey, and Tina Fey. That's yeah. a lot of SNL right there. And here. it's called Wine Country. Huh. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I can get behind now, that. Now, granted, maybe we'll get Ghostbusters. <laughs> and I'll be upset that I went in so hard. Mm -hmm. But... Amy Poehler and Tina Fey are, are both people that I generally trust. If you announce that they're going to act in something or write it, I think they, they have a, a really attuned sense of humor that, that I trust. I'm going to be on board with see that. that Sisters movie? Yeah. Yeah. Was that any good? It's not as good no. as, I mean, given what I just said, you shouldn't have brought up Sisters Sorry. right now because it makes <laughs> me look bad. I mean, Baby Mama I thought was pretty good. Yeah, I, thought that was I enjoyed funny. Baby Mama. Uh, it's not very good. The thing is about, and I, I brought this up before, like the movies that, tina fey finds herself in are not movies that she's written a lot of mm -hmm. times i feel like they'd be funnier if she just wrote the script too and sisters is one of those mm, you yeah know, it's it's got it's got a couple of moments and i didn't really like it same here anyway so that's my news but no i, I think I'm that project sounds fun and because maybe it's just my love of sideways and my love of wine <laughs> i don't know but i was really excited when i read that no it's a good good people attached my news was also the Deadpool thing, so we can move on. Oh, if you want shit. To. Okay. Nice. That means we're ready to warn and recommend. I'm kind of excited about this. Totes amazeballs. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. Uh, I just don't know where to start. <laughs> can I go first? Go for it. All right. I'm going to start with my warn. Okay. <clears throat> Patriot's Day. Mm-hmm. Really? Boston Marathon bombing movie with a lot of great Now, actors. this is something that I actually heard was good from some people after it came out. It may be. 
Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to explain to you why I hate this movie. Because you've got a lot of John Goodman's in here. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Bacon's in here. Uh, Michelle Monaghan's in here. Did we decide it's Monaghan or Monaghan? It's Monaghan. Monaghan. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. has Monaghan. Nobody? No. Not even like a Scottish or Irish dude over in... I, don't I mean, there's William so. Castigan. But that, that uh, yeah. <laughs> but what about McGarnagle? <laughs> None <laughs> of them have that H. Somebody has a GH name. And it's pronounced, but we'll get to, we'll get to that later. Um, basically, the reason this movie annoyed me, first of all, I can no longer tell if Peter Berg or Clint Eastwood is directing a movie. Mm. <laughs> That's interesting. Mm. They have both become so jingoistic and patriotic in the way they cut. They've both started washing out their image of color. I can tell you how you can t- tell what a Peter Berg is immediately. Tell me. Uh, anytime you see a shot out of a car where the camera is pointed one way, but the the action is going the other way, oh. he does that in every establishing shot. It seems like every little like there's all this um, uh, there's always this handheld type of uh, type of shot that goes on in there. Like he'll he'll have a have somebody kind of like in the left of the frame, and then the camera will kind of move over. And hmm. like it'll block that person for a second, and then it'll come back. He does those type of things. There's even a movie we did that wasn't Peter Berg. We send huh. that has a shot like that in it, and I was like, did Peter Berg do this shit, <laughs> and it was like it's just such a weird director to be like, I aspire to be Peter Berg yeah. <laughs> or whatever. And I can't remember what it was, but yeah, you can tell just by some of the the handheld type stuff like all that other stuff that you're talking about sure that's there's no difference between him and clean eastwood eastwood though shoots kind of very just like here's the camera yeah and here's you just guys do your scene and whatever but peter berg always has to have some like movement hmm. the real problem with this movie and again it may be good i it's mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. and it's mark Wahlberg's acting which is too serious yep. and it's this is one of the only characters in this film that is completely fictional, mm-hmm. and he's Boston Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marky Mark's character is not only a cop in Boston on the day of the marathon, he's actually stationed right at the finish line where the bombs go Of course off. he is. Mm-hmm. That's not it. Then later on, like the next day, when the kids, the b- bombers carjack a guy and steal mm-hmm. his car, uh, Marky Mark's the guy that goes to the gas station and hears this Asian kid's story and realizes these are the bombers. Oh, my God. Really? Then the cops catch up to them and there's a shootout. This is where the older brother actually gets run over and killed. Marky Mark is there. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like- He's the guy who says to all the cop bosses in the warehouse, we should be getting everybody's cell phones. They might have pictures or videos of the bombers. <laughs> and, of course, they do it. And right. then at the end, Marky Mark is the first cop at the boat where the kid is fucking hiding. Wow. Boston is a big city, y'all. Yes, it is. It is a big-ass city. And there's no one guy who is going to be at all three of these major events in this story. No, it's It's, just impossible. It's like training days, alleyway scene, all the way through it. (laughs) The whole movie. Yeah. And and so the the movie does do some interesting things. Like, it starts off with a lot of vignettes of characters that it doesn't tell you anything about who they are. Uh, Like, there's a kid who's flirting with a girl and he's like a security guard at some place and then there's the asian kid who eventually gets carjacked you see him at like school or something and and throughout the movie some of these people die uh, as a result of the bombing some of them die from injuries of the bombing some of them end up being a key scene or what have you and i like the kind of like 
everyman approach to the mm-hmm. way he's sort of trying to tell this story. But once the coincidence is, st- and it really is the fact that Marky Mark is stationed because he's in trouble. He almost got fired recently. I almost got in trouble. Oh, and really? you're you're on a short leash, <laughs> mister. Oh and they put him right at the finish line where the bombing happens. And I just I couldn't connect any to anything after that. And then That's every wild. time Marky Mark kept showing up where the bombers were, my jaw just got further and further closer to the floor. Yeah, You just there's there's. There's coincidence, mm-hmm. and then there's pure That's, insanity. Is also a situation where a movie came out so soon after yep. the event that it's immediately ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like we all know this is not how it yeah, happened. Yeah. You might want to give this twenty or so years before like putting Mark Wahlberg in all these situations, or just I mean, God, if the story is that important to tell, you tell it. Don't fictionalize it. Like yeah. the city of Boston somebody was there responded to yeah, that yeah. amazingly well. And they caught those fuckers. Mm-hmm. Well, they caught the one that didn't die. Um, but they didn't need a guy at every key location in order to do it. And once you movieize the story, you kind of rob what was cool about it in the first place and that the city kind of came together. The cops working with the FBI, working with the state police. That's complicated shit. Like, mm-hmm. I think you could have told that story in a really cool, compelling way. Instead, you fictionalized. I mean, it might as well have been played by The Rock. Mm-hmm. You got to have a name, though, for that. You've got to have a singular POV, I guess. Not, maybe to, to sell tickets, with Ameri- but yeah, not exactly. to make good art. Yeah, yeah. Not no, to I make agree. a good film. Mm-hmm. And you could have given me three different characters you could have had them all played by famous people mm-hmm. one who's at the bombing site hell let them all have coffee afterwards together give them one scene together give them that de niro pacino <laughs> coffee scene one who was at the shootout the street and one who was at the boat mm-hmm. but the same guy can't be all three guys yeah god damn it mm-hmm. i was it really pissed me off so don't watch this movie no i'm watch it if you want to but <laughs> you're gonna get really annoyed because he's basically boston jesus Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fucking annoying isn't that just jesus <laughs> that's right that's right what do you uh, recommend I, I don't have any warns um but uh my recommend uh after we had uh fumbled through the day of the dead uh thing a couple of weeks ago uh was told on facebook hey you really need to go see this and everything so i found it i watched it and i really like it it's uh oh. Uh, you know, it's an eighties gore fest. Uh, it's, you know, if a movie's made in the eighties, then it has to have these like really like over the top blood and guts and yeah, right? stuff like that. But this is the third, this is the day, third right? one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was uh 1985 and, um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, this time it's, it's uh, sort of an underground military science laboratory type place or whatever. Um, and the lab is trying to come up with, uh, the, this lab is trying to find specimens to sort of figure out how these zombies became zombies and everything. So like, there's like scenes where they go underground and they're, they call, basically call for the zombies to come in and they trap them in these things. And then they take them to this, this doctor who's like fucking insane. Hmm. The doctor is obviously not really, doesn't really care much about like how zombies become zombies anymore. Is it schlocky? uh there's some i mean like intentionally i guess no i mean there's some parts in it that you could consider that because there is one zombie in there the one main guy the one main zombie in there that he's trying to teach 
all these different things from his from the older from his old days or whatever when he was living when he's a human yeah yeah and uh and so like they give him like these headphones and he's like like a zombie playing head like listening to headphones (laughs) and stuff like that uh you know it's all these little just like items that sort of try to remind him of his humanity and everything like that and that's that's sort of his his deal and that comes off as funny sometimes yeah i mean it can it it's actually if you look at it a little bit you know I don't know. It's it's more touching than anything. Hmm. But I think if you were to just watch this with no context whatsoever, and you just see a zombie like with <laughs> headphones or whatever, then yeah, it would be, uh, you know, it'd be a different kind of thing. But yeah, um, it's uh, a movie where you don't get to see uh, the the main actresses in in there is Lori Cardle, and she's the only like the only female in this entire entire movie but she's really strong and like even though there's a lot of like real stupid you know like rapey kind of guys in here and everything she's she's just maybe they're not rapey that Mm. may be a bad thing bad way to call them they're really just bad dudes Mm. real violent bad dudes and they're ready to just kill all the scientists the military people are ready to kill all the scientists because they don't think they're getting anywhere but the problem is here's the main you know, the main thing with the movie is they're surrounded on all sides by zombies and they don't have enough weaponry to get past them all. So they have to stay down under this thing. And the whole thing is these scientists, well, maybe we could come up with a cure or something like that. And, and the military guys are kind of like, we're, I'm ready to go out and I'm ready to just, you know, wail mm-hmm. on these. You can't, you don't have enough firepower to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's uh it's really well done real uh so i you know i recommend it would you say that there's a subtext to this one too or is it more straight up i don't know that military versus science uh type of thing the sort of the the um yeah the i guess the brain versus brawn type of thing i don't know if that if there is some sort of because there even the science one of the scientist guys is not somebody you would want to like emulate or mm. anything like that but the other science people are really in there they're in it for the science not the money <laughs> um but uh but like there's got to be something there like because the 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 brawny guys really just don't care about what the scientists are even coming up with and all that there's got to be something about that hmm. like sort of uh we're sort of um favoring favoring brawn over brains mm. these days that type of subtext could be read into hmm. it and everything all right i've got to warn amend Oh, I like that uh, twistiness of because it's. It, I'm almost fifty fifty on this movie. Mm. Uh, Is it fifty fifty? Uh, no. Mm. <laughs> so uh, I watched The Circle. Oh. oh, fully intending to hate this movie. So this is Emma Watson, Tom Hanks, John Boyega, all those uh, inter- really talented people. In this. Patton Oswalt is in this. Bill Paxton in his last movie performance wow. is in this. And so, man, I was like, this is going to be some shit. It's on Amazon Instant. Mm -hmm. And threw it in there. And it's not good. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's not good. But there's a lot of good stuff in this. Like, the ideas and the concepts that this this movie floats are hilariously plausible. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's about, it's exactly what you expect. It's about a big tech corporation, insert Google or Apple in here, uh, that is codifying data, that is essentially hoarding data. Now, we've seen that recently mm-hmm. come up yeah. with Cambridge Analytica and Facebook and all that stuff. 
and they want to literally collect data on the entire world completely open and transparent, meaning that they're going to spy on everybody. The conceit is that, you know, we'll bring down dictators and we'll bring social justice to the world if you can see it, right? And Emma Watson plays the the new hire that gets in and is becomes like a superstar in the company. The Ryan Phillippe role. Uh, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and basically, you know, says, eventually, takes almost the entire movie, but eventually says, maybe this is not the best idea. And it's it's cheesy in some parts. John Boyega shows up for maybe like five minutes of the entire movie. He's completely wasted. Uh, Hanks gives a over the top performance, but it's not that bad. Emma Watson's accent for whatever she can do a good American accent. She was in the perks of being a wallflower mm-hmm. and was a perfect American accent. She completely forgets how to do an American accent, even though she's supposed to be American in this movie. Mm-hmm. And but there's just enough in this movie. That I think if you guys watched it, I think you'd probably find some some good stuff in mm. this. Um, I think when it came out, like they were pushing ideas that nobody, very few people believed were possible. And we've just seriously recently <laughs> seen what is possible. And we've probably only seen like the, the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Doesn't I think matter. it's got some stuff to say. Nobody's going to get in trouble. Well, I don't think anybody's ever going to get in trouble, trouble for anything again. You think? Sorry, I'm a little defeatist. Yeah, um, I have a record worn that just makes me giddy. <laughs> okay, you guys, how many times do you think you guys have seen Nicolas Cage truly swing for the fences? It depends on what you mean by that, because go way over the top, balls out with a performance. Oh, Snake Eyes! I just saw Snake Eyes. It's recently. probably been since. Uh... I'll just answer for you. You have never seen it <laughs> until you watch this movie called One Man Army. Hmm. Hmm. Flipping on the pay channels yesterday. Thank God I found this. And I see one man army. I've never heard of that. What is that? It sounds like some Marky Mark Peter Berg joint. <clears throat> so I scroll down to it and the synopsis, it says Nicholas Cage. The synopsis is a man decides that God has told him to go to Pakistan and kill Osama bin Laden with, oh. a, with a sword. And I thought this is going to be my warn for the week. All I have to do is spend an hour and a half watching this and I'm going to have so much fodder for my warn. So I flip over. This is based on a true story. Hmm. He's so far unhinged and over the top. I've never seen him. Like, I would say this performance is so bad, it eventually gets good. Hmm. His voice is super high pitched. He's got long, stringy, white, gray hair and a ponytail. He's wearing glasses. Russell Brand is playing God. Shows up to him in the doctor's hmm. office <laughs> on like an EKG machine and tells him to go to Pakistan and kill Osama bin Laden. Um, but as the movie progressed, I found myself laughing out loud several times. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what we have here is a performance that ult- ultimately is still way too much in a movie that could have worked in the hands of like an Alexander Payne. Hmm. Uh, cause like there's a, a very comedic bit where he's trying to explain to the airline girl why he should be allowed to bring his sword on the plane with him because god told him to go kill osama bin laden because like in this guy's world there's there's no reason people should react to that statement with any kind of awe it's just a it's just a fact god told me to do this Mm -hmm. and eventually god has to show up on the airline board above the girl and tell him just check the sword and he's (laughs) like yes lord and he checks the sword gets on the plane flies his plan is to go to a mountain in israel and use uh, a kite glider to glide into Pakistan, 
to the cave where he's had a vision of Osama bin Laden, the cave where Osama is, and kill him. Hmm. And like he gets to the point where he's in he's in Israel on top of this mountain with a kite and like the music builds and he's like ready. And you're only like 40 minutes into the movie. So you're not really sure what's about to happen. And we see a shot from behind him as he runs and the music swells and he jumps and he's like, and then immediately it just sinks. And you hear like this crashing noise in the rocks below and it cuts to him like in America with his leg in a cast. (laughs) And then later on, God visits him again and says, you didn't do your mission. So he goes back and he (laughs) spends about 40 days wandering around Pakistan in Islamabad trying to find people who know where Osama bin Laden is. But like when he first gets there, there's some comedy with the culture clash and then it cuts to, to him in a bed and like the 6 a.m. prayer speaker goes off for Muslims or whatever and it like he sits up really fast and hits his head on something and it's just there's comedy here that's good. Uh-huh. But it the direction is a little lacking and the performance is way too unhinged. Wow. And should have been brought back. But by the time I was done watching it, I had laughed enough. I part want to recommend it and part want to warn you against it. You need wow. to know what you're getting into. This is one of the most bonkers movies you're ever going to see. He has this extended vision sequence where he meets Osama bin Laden and Osama bin Laden has been hunting him the whole time because God told Osama bin Laden to come kill this guy. And they meet in a cave and it, it explodes. I don't, it's just, uh, I had so much fun watching this movie. That sounds and insane. Ultimately, that's why I'm recommending. I was smiling ear to ear by the time I was done, even though there's a lot of crap in here. And <laughs> it takes a good 20 minutes to even just get used to what Nicolas Cage is doing. Um, <laughs> wow. But yeah, he clearly had a producer and a director that said, we're not going to give you any notes. You just do you. <laughs> and he did. Wow. Anyway, I really. Larry Charles directed that. Who's that? Um, Larry Charles did. He was on Seinfeld, uh, or he helped uh, write uh, a lot of Seinfeld. Okay, he did Mas- Masked and Anonymous, uh, which was the Bob Dylan movie, and Borat. Oh, yeah, interesting. Borat and uh, Religulous and all that. So this is called Army of One. You said One Man Army, but oh. Army of One. Well, see, that, yeah, <laughs> you can watch it and not remember what the title is. So it's called An Army of One. Army of One. Yeah, it's yeah. got a lot of comedic actors in it too. Paul Shear, Will mm-hmm. Sasso, and all that. So, They're I in mean, super tiny roles. So I'm guessing it's supposed to be funny. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like the reason I said Alexander Payne is that it, it reminded me when it was working. It reminded me more of Election than anything else in terms of. I don't know why, but just the, the tone of the comedy and of, three or four jokes just hit really good. And I was laughing. I'm down it. for unhinged Nick Cage. Man. Well, I, mean, I was going to say, as far as when you asked that question, when's the last time you saw him? Whatever was I going to say? Bad Lieutenant. Uh, oh, yeah. Call New Orleans. <laughs> that's where I thought the last time he was just really going crazy. Of course, that's also a Werner Herzog. Um, I think he just kind of like wanted him to do that. And the mm-hmm. whole movie is insane and bonkers. So. It doesn't mean that, you know, I mean, he was going to do that anyway. I mean, I don't know if Nicolas Cage was going to be that way anyway, but Werner Herzog actually all around the stuff that Nicolas, all around the Nicolas Cage performance is making right. everything. Because we get more Nicholas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need a bit more from you. Yeah. Yeah. He's nobody's like, ever said that. So, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to shoot this random shot of a lizard and I need Nicolas Cage acting bonkers in the background. <laughs> well, you know, that line in the rock that we always quote is being so over the top about the Zeus's butthole. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good example of Nicolas Cage peeking out mm-hmm. performance wise to use an audio metaphor. Mm-hmm. This whole movie is that. Yeah. And mm. it, you just watch it for 10 minutes. <laughs> 
and you'll enjoy that aspect of it, even if nothing else hooks you. I'm down. I'll watch it. Are we ready for some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I'm listening. Uh, if you could make a biopic for a band, what band would you choose? A band. <laughs> And who would you cast as band members, and who would you get to direct the film? Mm. The mind runs wild. It, mm-hmm. does, it sure does. Well, and like you said in the email, it's tricky because there are very few, there are very few movies about bands that turn out very good. Am I right? Am I missing something? The Doors. I liked The Doors. The Doors wasn't for everybody. And Straight Outta Compton, I thought, was very yeah, successful. Yeah, and almost famous if you want to do a fictional band. Right, but we're right. talking about like a biopic of a band. How many? How many have really... I don't know. I really don't. There's I been don't. a lot. Oh, um, yeah, but how many have been good? Oh, yeah, not very many. Yeah, but now we are charged with bucking the trend. That's right. All right, what do you got for us? Oh, you want me to go? Oh, first? I'll go first. I don't care. I picked the sna- Smashing Pumpkins. Um, interesting. And this is a good time too because they're about to go on tour again. That's right. Uh, without Darcy, even though she's, of, she's in my movie. Yeah, a lot of uh, dr- drama in this. Now, I feel like. Like the, the band has had a lot of tumult over the years, up and down, new, a lot of turnover, uh, at least beyond James Ehan, uh, Billy Corgan. Um, it, I remember reading lots of stories about, you know, the fighting and the difficulties and the whatnot. And, you know, I know for a fact that I've read about how anal retentive Billy Corgan is in the studio. Yes. And the reason you get some of these big, huge amphitheater guitar riffs sounds is because he literally recorded the same lick same notes and all a thousand times mm-hmm. and layered them all on top of each other. Uh, and th- th- there's a reason Smashing Pumpkins guitar work sounds like nothing else. Yeah. Because nobody else is that anal it's retentive. Um, and uh, I figure he's got to be like that in other areas of life. Mm-hmm. So we could be looking at a lot of drama and screaming and yelling. Here, <laughs> yes. and I think that could be cool. So we're going to go back to the heyday, mm-hmm. right when they were at their peak. And we're going to cast as Billy Corgan, Michael Pitt. Mm hmm. Because when I'm you down. shave, when you shave his head, yeah, he's got the, he's got an intense face, yeah, and you, Billy Corgan's face is intense, <laughs> all right. And then for James Eha, I went with Stephen Yoon from The Walking Dead. Oh, that's a good that's a good pick, yeah. Um, I actually tried, like, I went and googled all, a bunch of Asian actors who are up and coming who haven't even made American films yet, but mm-hmm. will probably be the next. I wanted to like, but yeah, I just went with an Asian no, guy he, I knew. Yeah. Uh, for Darcy, I'm going with Mackenzie Davis. Yeah, blonde. Tall, skinny. Yeah. Mostly, I just love Mackenzie Davis. <laughs> I don't want to see her in rock and roll gear with a guitar. Yes. Yep. Uh, for Jimmy Chamberlain, I'm going with Robert Pattinson. This is the drummer. Yeah. This is mm. the drummer, and I included a link to the image that made me decide to cast Robert Pattinson as Jimmy Chamberlain, and I'm going to show you this this picture of Jimmy Chamberlain. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah. Well, I right. mean, I don't know if I've seen the thing. That but you can see the connection see to Robert it. Pattinson. Yeah. Well, yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually thought the picture was Robert Pattinson pretending to be Jimmy Chamberlain. Uh, and then for my director, I'm going to go a little edgy here. I want Aronofsky because <laughs> I, like I need somebody that can get into the dark and dirty crevices of this story and not be afraid mm-hmm. to make us unsettled. And then just for fun, I thought, let's give Billy Corgan the job as doing the score and mm-hmm. see if he can Trent Reznor his way into a new career as a composer. Yeah, no, I think he's done some some music for uh he did the derivatives of that Drown song for the single soundtrack. I love that song. Uh, interesting that you mentioned Aronofsky because there was that whole part where uh, Jimmy Chamberlain and the keyboardist for the Smashing Pumpkins got in a heroin overdose and the keyboardist died. And Jimmy Chamberlain was so messed up that they kicked him out of the band right. for a while. 
And Aronofsky can do some drug addiction, mm-hmm. obviously. We've seen that. We've so, seen that. Nah, I like that. I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah. yeah. And I just thought, it, maybe they came to my head because they're in the news with this new tour mm-hmm. and everything. But there's a band with lots of drama to their story that I think could, could make a compelling film. Yes. Anyway. Nice. My- I like it. I'm going to do Led Zeppelin, baby. I kind of figured you would do that. <laughs> I thought you might go The Who. Mm. But Led Zeppelin, is that, that's perfect. Yeah. Led Zeppelin... Um, uh, obviously, as one of those all-time great rock bands, probably have lots of stories to tell. And in fact, I've read one of the by one of the biographies by their former manager Richard Cole, which you know they all came out and said this is bullshit, mm-hmm. or whatever. That's where you get stories like the shark story, and you can look that up on your own. Was that Hammer of the Gods? I believe it's Hammer of the Gods, yeah. Is there a gerbil story? Uh, No. (laughs) Surprisingly. I don't think so. Um, The shark story is more interesting. The shark story story is definitely more interesting. And, and of course, Jimmy Page, I think, dated like a 14-year-old girl back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. Nobody cared. We could do a little Lolita subplot here. Yeah, yeah. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Yeah. Yeah. um, But, like... uh, I, I feel like I want to base it on something that's something ridiculous, though, mm-hmm. like something like Hammer of the Gods. I think also uh, Cole contributed to Stairway to Heaven, the book that that book, too. And I want to have something kind of like that. I don't want to have like a straight biopic. So right. it's going to be like a crazy fucking thing. The band will denounce probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, I have it's funny. I have three Americans in this playing Led Zeppelin, and nice. I have one British guy. Nice, that's uh, all right. The Circle had uh, John Boyega and Emma Watson playing Americans. By yeah. the way, in your honor, I almost went with an all-black Smashing Pumpkins. Cat. <laughs> I thought about it. No, I seriously thought about it. I thought about making an all-black Led Zeppelin. That would kind of be cool. Yeah, exactly. Is Lenny Kravitz involved? Of course oh, he is. Shit, yeah, of course he is. Um, but for uh, Robert Plant, I have. Ansel Elgort. Yeah. Uh, playing, oh, nice. Playing plant. Uh, I have, okay, now here's a name that you probably don't know for Jimmy Page. It's Nat Wolf. He was in. Oh, I know the name, but I don't know why. Uh, he was in Paper Town. That's right. Him or his brother. His brother looks, they look exactly the same, by the way. I get them confused. Um, but if you, but if you ever look up a picture of Nat Wolf on Google or whatever, he looks a lot like how Jimmy Page did mm-hmm. back in the seventies. And um, but uh, is he British? He's American. Really? Yeah. Uh, but he's uh, he's been in a few things that you've you've probably seen. It's just that he doesn't have that name yet. Yeah. No, um, I totally recognize it. Oh, yeah, I know him. Sorry, go on. Uh, John Bonham. I have Haley Joel Osment. God damn, John I Bonham. love that. <laughs> that is so perfect. It's absolutely he's perfect. He's got the body type. He's even got like the wispy yeah, beard. He's, he's got, got the exact, oh my God, it's, it's exact. perfect. It's exact, man. And I and I want to see Haley Joel Osment in that role because you know it's going to be kind of dark and kind of fun at yeah, the same yeah. time. Um, for John Paul Jones, I have Josh Hutcherson playing John oh. Paul. Oh, okay. Nice. This is uh, Peter, right? Uh, yeah, Peter. Yeah, mm. yeah, the cake decorator. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and who suddenly knows how to make awesome, wicked disguises in nature because of that cake decorating. Um, I want uh, Greta Van Fleet to play the Led Zeppelin music. In nice. The, the Greta Van Fleet is a new band that sounds exactly like Led Zeppelin. Yep. Um, 
And uh, for the director, I have Paul Thomas Anderson, although you could also have Cameron Crowe, who uh, spent, this is the reason why Almost Famous is following, uh, he followed around Led Zeppelin back in the 70s. So you could do Cameron Crowe, and it might be a comeback vehicle for him. But with these actors and everything, with these actors, I don't know, I see more of a Cameron Crowe movie. But as for the the kind of a you know less biopicish type of thing i think of a paul thomas Anderson. well and what's great is okay, okay so i have to take you on my train of thought my first thought was to do you two because they're mm-hmm. probably my favorite band of all my life um and go back to like the formation and the early success mm-hmm. or wee 80s in the wee hours of the 80s, <laughs> the yeah. wee 80s and give it to scorsese because he can do that gritty 70s 80s era stuff really good but then i went to paul thomas anderson because of inherent vice mm-hmm. so i like this pick yeah. I like this movie. Yeah, I would watch. I want it to be about the shark story, though. I know. Well, <laughs> I don't do. know what the shark story is. I would. I would just say look it up. I don't. Re- I, we've done really well not being too pervy on this show. <laughs> I, Actually, I'm not yeah, asking you true. to tell me. I'm just saying I want. I want the movie to be about that. But 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 yeah, Google that sometime. <laughs> the entirety of the movie would just be that. just the shark story. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's like a paragraph yeah 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 we're gonna make two hours out of this guys (laughs) buckle in oh yeah by the way john bonham dies oh yeah (laughs) i love that Haley joel osmond pick uh well we're all doing classic rock bands the uh, smashing pumpkins are classic rock and nirvana is classic rock. yeah yep so after nevermind hit and everything was all crazy uh they went back to record in utero their Mm -hmm. follow-up album to the the big success their third or fourth album at that point including b-sides and so they the story is they come off of the tour for nevermind they're exhausted they're wiped cobain's on drugs i don't know about the rest of them and they hold themselves up in a cabin in minnesota uh with steve albini their their producer who's a famous asshole and they get this beautiful sound that became the unique sound for in utero so those sessions and like everything kind of leading up to that to where you know cobain's on edge but he's still prolific like he's running through lyrics he's doing he recorded all of the vocals for in utero in six hours jesus um that would be fascinating to me you've also got the uh the wrinkle of courtney love came out to that cabin because she's uh, yoko in it she yeah she missed cobain so much that she had to go out there Mm. and visit and you can only imagine what the dynamic is with her and dave grohl and chris novoselic and Steve Albini, who was established, even Kurt Cobain called him a sexist asshole at that mm-hmm. point. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of strong-ass personalities in that. I don't know if I would say – maybe I'd just set it in that cabin. I was just going to say, do it in the cabin. Yeah. Just did that recording yeah. session. <laughs> just like a, a glimpse of a couple of days of the, right here in this moment of their history. And I do yeah. like I, – I like that angle on biopics, by the way, where they don't go through the entire – beginning to end of the mm-hmm. band or or whatever subject that you're playing you just narrow it on this one thing yeah yeah and that way you don't have to to worry about the like cobain killing himself mm-hmm. and all this other stuff you can just focus on this one thing because Probably. you know first of all the music that came out of those sessions is fucking amazing by the way it's been reprocessed and remixed and everything a million times mm-hmm. uh that's a whole dramatic thing on its own but like in that cabin produced one of my favorite albums of all time Mm -hmm. and one of the most unique albums of all time can we have a scene where dave grohl pulls 
pulls him aside and plays him the lick from Everlong, and Cobain's like, nah, that's shite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be even better since he's not British. <laughs> I know he's not British. No, no, I'm just saying it would be even better. That would be fantastic. So I want somebody to play uh, Kurt Cobain that has chops that can really affect his voice and his talent and his personality and stuff like mm. that. And this is a fairly famously... Um, socially awkward frontman uh from the band mgmt uh they did that kid song and electric feel and their time to pretend was their big one mm -hmm. uh andrew van wingarden uh and he looks the part too he could totally pull off this this frontman status and the super talented he's melodic so he could do the I thought whole you were thing. gonna give macaulay culkin a job no, mm -hmm. no i'm not gonna do that because kurt cobain by the way was really good looking when he cleaned up, I mean, cleaned up on he, the surface. He went out of his way to not be, though. That's sort of the thing. Man, you see him in Nirvana Unplugged, which happened at the tail end of 1993, right before he died, really. He is, he he looks fantastic. Well, yeah. Um, So he's he's a very good looking dude, but he, yeah, he scuzzed himself up a bunch. Yeah. So Andrew Van Wengarden for Kurt Cobain. Chris Novoselic, the bassist, big, goofy, um, got to be adam driver yeah um, oh kind of even looks like <laughs> he him. does nice yeah good call and as as i saw when i watched logan lucky like he can he's got range man i mean i've seen him in girls i've seen him in star wars obviously mm -hmm. but logan lucky was a whole different other side of mm -hmm. him so i think he can pull this off uh for dave grohl very important role because the guy's dynamic he eventually goes on to be one of the most popular front men of all time elijah wood yeah ah <laughs> you you curveballed me there. You gave me a little trouble with the curve. Elijah Wood, he's old as fuck uh, for this role, not for the Earth. But, <laughs> but uh, I think he can totally pull it off. He's got a lot of range, mm -hmm. um, and it uh, looks a hell of a lot like Dave Grohl too. Uh, for Courtney Love, Emma Roberts. Yeah, <laughs> Emma okay. Roberts. Emma Roberts. Julia Roberts' niece. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she could. She could totally pull this off. Her eyes aren't big enough. You should give it to Bijou Phillips. What? Stop recasting my recast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just wanted to bring up Bijou Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> no, Emma Roberts can play that rundown. No, she's done home it. record. And if there's anybody who would know stuff about bands and uh, drama about bands, it'd be Bijou Phillips because well, no. that whole family, man. That's true. Some crazy true. shit. Uh, I was thinking about Bijou Phillips on my way down here today. I don't know why. I was thinking about that movie Havoc where she and Anne Hathaway roll dice to see how many gang members oh, they're going to fuck. Oh, that's right. As their initiation into the gang. The movie's fucked up, man. And I was thinking, man, B.J. Phillips has been in a lot of movies where, and then I realized, you know, Hollywood probably has typecast her as the girl we call for the role that's too slutty for anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not making fun of her. Right. But between that and the Harmony Korine movie she made yeah. and uh, Black and White with James Toback. Yeah. Like, she's just trashy, slutty in so many of these movies. It's kind of not fair. She's got a, she's a good actress. By I the think. way, I believe it was Havoc where Anne Hathaway was talking to Mark Maron and said something about how that was one of the one of the movies where she had to do a nude scene and, and, and it was a closed set. 
but she noticed that there were two dudes like just kind of like up in the rafters or something shit. like that just watching what? that is yeah. fucked up yeah. holy shit yeah all right that is uh, fucked up that is fucked up um but emma roberts playing. emma roberts sorry yeah. <laughs> sorry slash bijou phillips that's right uh you guys don't know who steve albini is i don't know if you do i've heard the name uh, and i think he was even on that wasn't he even on that uh that uh, foo fighters thing on hbo when sound were, city i just know he's got pale skin and red eyes <laughs> that's right that's correct that's correct well, uh, is, uh, uh paul bettany played him in the da Vinci <laughs> <laughs> he was so flagellating <laughs> he was uh steve steve zahn is going to play steve albini okay uh, works he looks like every if you called up a mental picture of a music producer uh, from that period, he looks like that. Okay, well, so he, he, he kind of played like an asshole dude in uh, Treme. When yeah, he. I mean, he wasn't like a dickish producer or anything. He was as low on the totem pole mm-hmm. as you could get, but he was very, very particular about his music. He was, yeah. So, yeah, those fucking music guys. Yeah, and uh, the director's gonna be Damien Chazelle. Yeah, okay, guy that's got a great like. I could see something rough up his edges though, aren't you? Well, I don't think so because I I could see him filming in a tight claustrophobic. You almost see it in uh, Guy and Madeline on a park bench, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where he can really like get up in somebody's grill and get no, some, I just some emotion. Meant because the 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 musicians he's made movies about have all been prestigious, mm-hmm. clean cut. Yeah, like and now he's diving into the world of drugs and yes. shotguns. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. that's Sorry. right that's right <laughs> Sorry. a cabin in the woods that's right uh no i think he could totally pull this off in the music angle yes it's a different type of music but i think he could no, he i, could I was just yeah i get you all right everybody that'll do it for this week uh keep going to uh sincast presented by cinema sins on facebook keep going a lot of comments recently i have gotten quite a bit of comments uh really appreciate that and uh, i do like responding uh on there um because everybody's got some new they got new information man they got new things it's like an extension of the the new shit that's right (laughs) he's not privy to the new shit man (laughs) i mean fuck man (laughs) she kidnapped herself um but uh yeah people keep coming up with all this like you know you talk about something and like today We've talked about Georgia and Hawaii. There's going to be somebody who says, you missed these movies that mm-hmm. were shot in Georgia and Hawaii. Or, hey, that while that was set in Georgia, it was really shot here, and so on and so forth. Especially if you have anything that, any takes that involve Matthew Lillard. Yes, mm-hmm. Bring please. those comments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get, yeah. As if much you, Matthew Lillard If you have personal about. experience with Matthew Lillard, please, <laughs> please tell me what it is. It's hilarious that Georgia and Hawaii yeah, both yeah. encompass Somehow, Matthew Lillard. Some way. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, keep going there. Keep going to SoundCloud. Keep going to our CinemaSense Twitter page. Uh, Reddit. We've got a million ways to uh, comment on this here episode and mm-hmm. many more. Uh, but uh, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasends.com. He, of course, brings in a woman named Coco because Kruger won't stand for two Cocos. (laughs) But there's a whole other episode when Jerry's buying the car from Putty.
yeah. where he does the grease monkey thing, and then for a bit he's like, I don't care for that term. He's like, what was it? What was the name of that monkey that you knew sign language? Coco. Yeah. <laughs> high five. <laughs> Coco the monkey. High five. High five. <laughs> <laughs> what about what do I have to do to put you two in a relationship today? <laughs> I think we have a deal in principle. Arby's no more than twice a week. <laughs> oh, I like I like what she's done there. <laughs> I can live with that. I can live with that. Oh, this guy is not wanting to cooperate today. When you say this guy, it's you mean your dick? It's my pooter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds like what I used to say to my college girlfriend. My pooter. Okay. I mean, at least they were, you know, decent enough in Lego Batman to call it pewter. 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 Does he say pewter? He, he doesn't does. say, he does say pewter. pewter. He says pewter. Pewter. Because I think, I think if they had said pewter... <laughs> then it would have had a different connotation. I have such a fascinating uh, wreck of Warren for you guys. Oh, I got a good one, too. I can't wait. Mm. I'm very excited. I uh, I purposely almost hate-watched this movie. Me, too! Really? <laughs> I was, oh, it was yours, a full Warren, and I'm halfway through the movie, and I realized I was enjoying it. I was <laughs> like, oh, this is a wreck of Warren now, baby. I only hate-fucked my movie. <laughs> <laughs> like how that looks like a nine-year-old laptop <laughs> it's only a couple years old <laughs> but it's been road hard and put up wet <laughs> we'll come in here the next time it'll be like those computers from the martian that donald glover is trying to run his computations on we have to keep it like 30 degrees in here and there's like cer- t- tower servers all over the place you ever seen one of those gaming computers oh like yeah the 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 like water cooled and shit like that before this i worked at a web developer, and we did, I did search engine optimization, but we did web design for small businesses. But the, there was a whole other side of the company that did, um, you know, server administration for businesses and whatnot. And, of course, we had servers for our clients' websites. Mm-hmm. And one day, my boss took me down to Nashville to the server farm where our servers were. It was like a, it was like a movie set walking through. Like, I have expected, you know, terrorists to jump out with guns <laughs> and start shooting. <laughs> Because it was so cinematic looking. Just what? A, it's just like big blocks of shit, right? Yeah, it's just rows and rows and rows of tower servers. Wow. It's like uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, I'm sure somewhere. I, I probably walked past the entire Mr. Skin website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you Think saw, of how much nudity is in that <laughs> server. I don't know if you saw, but uh, there was a tweet exchange where somebody... I don't think I participated in the exchange, but they added me, so I was included on all of them. But somebody... Ended up making the joke. It's like if Cinema Sins did Mr. Skin, or it's like if Mr. Skin had a podcast, talking about how pervy our podcast was. And the real Mr. Skin Twitter account came in and said, Hey, I do have a podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boobs and Bush. Boobs yes. and Bush. I couldn't think, I couldn't remember the name of the website they were trying to start um, in that movie. I don't know if they ever named it. Uh, I think they did because he's got that email address. She has to go to the website. Celebrity, oh. celebrity skin. Is no, it celebrity skin? Celebrity. That's a that's a whole album. <laughs> it's actually the best whole album. <laughs> I'm this world. I do like that album though. That's got Malibu on it. And, uh, Malibu's awesome. Oh, make me over. <laughs> what was that song? You want to know why that worked? Is the producer? She went and got like a pop rock producer, somebody who knew what they were doing. Because up until then, it was just like. I'm sorry. The truth of the matter is she can't sing. No. Um, and she's only ever famous because she was married to Kurt Cobain. And, you know, you get a good songwriter and a good producer. and It just kind of shows you what the music industry is all about right there, that album. Because I love that album. Still don't think she has any talent. 
Uh, I liked Doll Parts. Now, okay, so that, what was that album that had Doll Parts on it? Because I think... Uh, was it uh, Live Through This? Live Through This. So that came out around like 90... It came out two, like... Three, it came two, out like three. right after he died. Like 94. Live Through This did? I think it did. Oh. It was like either right after or it was uh, uh like maybe a few months after. That's right. Celebrity Skin was 98. Well, and uh, by the way, that it's Flesh of the Stars was the uh, website. Flesh of the Stars. Flesh of the Stars. Flesh of the Stars. Stars. Live through this was 94. You're April 12th, 1994. Good call there, sir. And he died on like April 10th or something like that. It was like something that, crazy it? like 4th, that. It was, it, I mean, it was like right after. Seriously, like right after. Wow. Okay. So yeah, yeah. he died April 5th. Wow. So the album came out April 12th, one week later. When I used to work at Barnes & Noble, like I would get anxiety if the line at, at the, the front, the bookseller line, mm-hmm. like if it got five deep, mm-hmm. like I was swarm like in Brentano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everybody up here right now, we've yeah. got five people to take care yeah. of. Yeah. And, I'm the same uh, way about that. I, I always hated lines about, you know, and in, even when I'm working at a place and I'm not standing in line, mm-hmm. I always hated the line just looking at it. Like five people deep and you have somebody, you know, like, do an inventory and crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. Like, Fucking jump on the, the like, register. No. Man. <laughs> Why are we so concerned about how much Starburst we have right you, now? You are going to love this because Kroger for sure, and I'm guessing most chains will be there soon, but Kroger is going to start testing this uh, basically self-checkout. It's not self-checkout as you know it, like mm-hmm. you scan. Mm-hmm. It's this basically every item you put in your cart is scanned as you put it in your cart and i don't know if this is app based or if there's like a little widget on your cart but basically by the time you get to where you would check out everything's already been scanned all you have to do is swipe your card and walk the fuck out i'm down it's kind of like the amazon store out in uh, oregon exactly only that one's even more that one you don't even have to swipe anything yeah you just you pay for it and it's not scanning anything they're using cameras to tell what I'm you're so picking up. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm down with it. Uh, I'm down with it, man. I know. I mean, yeah. it's going to make shoplifting harder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why true. Barrett's upset about it. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, All old people do it. I, I'm old. I don't know. <laughs> I'm confused. Chiwetel's in a movie I saw last night that was bonkers. Oh, yeah? You know when you have, catch one of these movies and you're like, how the fuck does this movie get made with all these people in it and I've never heard of it? Mm-hmm. That's what happened last night. Ray Liotta. Chiwetel is in it. Um... L.O. Cool J. Um, and uh, how did they uh, ever Mackay get that murder? Mackay Pfeiffer. And like Ray Liotta is like a D.A. And his assistant D.A. was was raped and murdered her rapist. But they're not sure. They think she might have consensually. And it's basically he's trying to investigate this potential crime. Everybody seems to be dirty. And there's like a Kaiser Soze character. They keep calling Danny that no one's ever seen. I'm spoil the movie. Turns out to be Chiwilte. Um, so it's basically righteous kill. I don't know, but I, she I would do, tell. But <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Something else. <laughs> okay, that guy. <laughs> um, but anyway, I want to tell you about this because there's a scene where Ray Liotta go- actually goes to this address. He's following a lead, and he realizes while he's there, this is where Danny lives. That's this mysterious criminal mastermind no one's ever seen, and he gets really mad because. Danny, Danny has on VHS tapes every single episode of Friends ever. 
<laughs> like Ray Liotta's like, this motherfucker has every episode of Friends. I'm definitely going to kill him now. <laughs> like, oh, my God. He gets extra mad because he hates Friends, and Danny, this mastermind, loves it. I thought oh you guys God. would appreciate that. Wow. That's crazy. Anyway. Uh, God, Ray Liotta works almost as much as Eric Roberts. He does. He's like the next Eric Roberts. I'm going through here looking. <laughs> that guy's in everything. My dad, uh, he's not tone deaf. He's usually about 95% on pitch when he sings. Mm -hmm. And when I was in high school, this is how he would wake me up. Is he would come Because I was one of those typical high school boys who just would never get out of bed unless you annoyed me to death, which is what he would do. He would flip on the light. That's terror right there. And then he would stand in my doorway and sing at the top of his lungs. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. And he would not stop until I was out of bed. Very, very effective. It's a strong dad move right very, there. Uh, yes, very effective maneuver. 